Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast, Episode 60. Bye-bye 2023. I'm your host, Spencer, and with me as always are Dan. Hey, what's going on, guys? And Mark. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes, yes. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah. Wait, and it's happy- December? It's December, yeah. It's <laughs> December. Can you believe that? It's the end already. of the year. I can't believe that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. So everybody's off from, well, you're off from work right now, right, Mark? Uh, not yet. I got one more oh, week. You got another week? Oh, wow. The boys, uh, Friday was their last day for two weeks, so. Nope. We go all the way until Thursday, and oh, then wow. we are off. Well, actually, technically, the kids are off on Thursday, and then Friday is when we have our last day. So, yeah, it's uh, not a lot of time between uh, when we get off and then when Christmas Day is actually scheduled. So, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. So it's like everybody's going to get off and have to jump on a plane and head to grandma's. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Right. All right. It cool. feels like the holiday break used to be longer. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I know. Like, I remember it's weird. it felt like, you know, Christmas vacation when you were in school was like half of the month. Felt like it, didn't now it? Now it's like two days before Christmas, you know, you get to go home. It's like, oh, well, that's great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's great to be back. I know uh, we've been all busy, but um, it's pretty awesome to talk with you guys again. It has actually been a very busy pinball month, uh, I think, for at least a couple of us. Yeah, I know, Darren, you and I were talking earlier. You, both of you guys have been busy, but uh, you've really been cranking it out. Yeah, so I've got some game room news. Obviously, uh, I've updated a couple of times on the website about Project BSD, which was the mostly kind of working Bram Stoker's Dracula that I picked up, what, six months back. And that was a game that, you know, I think Bram Stoker's Dracula wasn't super appreciated in its day, but it's it's an absolutely brutal player. It's a wonderful, wonderful league kind of game, a wonderful competition kind of game. And this one specifically, the missed multiball didn't work. And I'm sure I've shared my opinion of the missed multiball on the show before. But just to recap, whoever designed this mechanism was either an absolute genius or a certified wacko like (laughs) like seriously it's just it's a lot of little things that need to work in concert it's two game controlled gates it's a big magnetic mechanism it's a bunch of optos it's a special shooter lane and when i got the game you know i'd never had a bsd with working miss multiball so i really didn't know how it was supposed to work so my theory of operation on it was all bad and it took really just i tore the game semi down kind of trying to troubleshoot it and i i got rebuffed and i just sort of disabled it and the game plays fine arguably better with it disabled uh because miss multiball is kind of a weird mechanism a weird sort of mode but you uh dive on into it and start watching videos and start reading websites. And there were some wonderful write-ups. I wish I had written down the names for the people who've uh, tackled this before. And what I ended up coming up with was the problem is the long throw opto. 
there's an optical that goes all the way across the play field and it has like a special board and a couple dedicated optos. And I started, started there and there's a board, which on my game had already been replaced. And so I'm like, I'm sure it's not that board, but everyone's like, Oh no, it's that board. I'm like, it, it's, it's probably not that board. The moral of the story is, you know, always check your basics. I was sitting there looking at the, uh, looking at the game and, you know, we had started doing the airbrushing. Brian was working on the airbrushing and I was sort of puttering around with this coin door. I did a coin door for it. And Rick comes over and he sees that, you know, we have the game sitting in the shop spot and he's like, oh, you know, hit me up, you know, when you're going to start working on this game, I'd love to walk through it with you. So I call Rick one day and I'm talking like nine in the morning and I say, hey, bro, uh, I'm going to start working on this game. You want to be here in an hour? And he's like, yeah. So Rick's here at like 10 o'clock with bells on. And we start the teardown and we pull off the ramps and we lift out everything you need to get out of the way, which is quite a bit of the game. And we get to the optos and I say, my theory is that this upper opto is bad. I've already replaced the lower opto, but I'm going to replace both optos. So we replace both optos. We wire them up. We put them in. We do not get missed multiball, but we look at the board. The board has a little light and the little light says, hey, you're getting a beam. And so then we know it's not the optos and it's probably not the board. So we start looking at the connector and the connector ends up being fine. It's wired right. So then we walk down the switch matrix. We grab the, we grab the, actually, let me, let me go back step. We look at the connector. We look at the connector up to the board and we, we tone it out and we find out that we don't have a connection. And so we walk down the switch matrix and all the switches that are in line with that switch. And like the first one we check broken wire, you know, just a broken solder touched up that solder. The long throw opto worked registered in the game. The game would run through the missed sequence. Uh, We got everything put back together. We got the gates put back together. And now we have a 99% working missed multiball because one of the controlled gates is a little wonky. I got a spring I need to replace on it. Wow. So you're saying that it was just a wire? It was a wire that was not soldered properly. No, I don't think it was just the wire. I do think that the optos were bad. Uh Uh-huh. Because I don't remember getting even the the test light to illuminate originally. But I think that the wire was what was probably causing the problem between the game and the board. So that makes sense. Oh man, it was, and, and, you know, I've had this game for six months. People had the game for years before me. It went through two or three different league members had it never worked, but it was just, I think it was two things, you know, number one, it was just knowing the basics of how to go through and troubleshoot all the stuff that like Brian's taught me all the stuff that, that, you know, everyone's taught me about, like, get out your meter, check your continuity, be organized. But the other thing really that did help me was having Rick there, because first of all, a second set of hands, a second set of eyes is always key to fixing some of these hard problems. And because I was kind of walking him through like, hey, this is how you take a game apart. This is how you troubleshoot a problem. It forced me to run the playbook. You know, it forced me to do it right and not take shortcuts. And, you know, I'll like look at a problem and then I'll go to the Internet to look up something about it. And then I'll start looking at something else and then I'll go grab a snack and then I'll go play a game. It forced me to kind of stay on topic. I 
Uh, Rick and I like whomped away on that game for like six hours that night or eight hours that night. We weren't until like six in the evening, but it was because we finished the Miss Multiball and then we finished putting the game back together. And then it turned out that we had an opto that was bad, which really wasn't an opto. It was a connector that Cheddar came over and repinned for me a couple of days later. And then the lift ramp decided to stop working and it turned out that it was rattling itself apart. So we had to tighten up a bunch of screws and replace some missing hardware. And then the drop target was filthy and crusty, so it wasn't dropping. So I had to take that apart and clean it. And it's just, you know, run, you know, run, eat, you know, find a problem, tackle a problem onto the next. Right. Find a problem, right. find a problem onto the next. So that that Bram Stoker is with the new coin door on it, which makes a humongous difference. Uh, the play field's all cleaned and waxed. The ramps got cleaned up really nice. It was it was fairly shopped when I got it. New LEDs, new new flipper bats, stuff like that. Some small adjustments and making that stuff work. Like it's playing really nice. I've got one or two little more issues to fix, and then uh, Brian needs to finish the airbrushing for me. And I think that 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 project will be as complete as it's going to be. Well, that's awesome, Dan. I'm so happy that you finally got it working. I know that's been a frustration for you in the last couple of months. So great job figuring it out because I know Huntsman, when he had it, he had to fix that. That Because uh, isn't there like a, a gear worm on there? So that, mine works. Yeah. yeah I missed the yeah. actual missed mechanism. And I probably should talk to him about like proper proper feeding and maintenance of that mechanism. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was lucky enough that, yeah, the actual missed mechanism wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, the optos that told the game where the ball is, you know, one of them was like, eh, not so much. <laughs> wow. That's great. You figured but it out. I would that's hate, awesome. hate, hate that if that didn't work. So, well, and that's part of the fun of like when you're sort of a low buck pin man, which I know it's kind of dis, you know, it's kind of, you know, bullshit to say these days with as many expensive games as I've bought, but at heart, I'm always the most comfortable finding a crappy game for $2,500, $3,000 and fixing it up. Um, right. You know, just because, you know, it's no pressure, you know, it's not super nice and everything doesn't have to work, but sometimes you just want something to work. But like of I had course. a lot of fun with, you know, the Whitewater Project and, and the BSD. And those were both things that I let sit on the shelf for way too long before finally sitting down and getting them done. So getting those projects uh, up and running as well as they should be running is is very gratifying. So we'll have some great games to play the next time that you come over and uh, want to get want to get worked by some tough machines. Awesome. That's great. I love that game. That, uh, it's especially so satisfying when you can get all three, uh, you know, three times scoring going with Which the I've mists. never come close to doing. I've done it's two. It's hard to do. It, it's almost like if you go for the castle, yeah, then you have a better shot at getting it. Uh, but yeah, the, that's a challenge in itself, trying to get castle multiball. I can do coffin and mist. Yeah. Is it castle multiball? Is that what it's called? Yeah, coffin, or mist, and castle. So okay, often okay. is the one where you have to hit the 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 pop up ramp, and then when it pops up, you just have to hit it, and then the up kicker kicks it through the castle, right? Or not through the castle. Right. Sorry, through the uh, through the coffin. Which the coffin, like you know, that thing was supposed to lock balls, and it yes. it doesn't, which just makes me mad. I'm like, oh, why isn't there a lock there? That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, yep. And then you got the uh, castle, which is where you hit it up the ramp and it diverts it down and into the little castle and it does lock. And then That's you right. have mist and then mist is where you have to hit the ramp a bunch of times and then you hit the you hit the scoop. 
And then when you hit the scoop, what's funny is it starts the mist sequence, which is cool. And half the time, probably more than half the time, I just can't even execute. Like I can't hit the ball quick enough because it trucks across the play field. It, t- it doesn't take its time. Oh, I know. And then like probably like 20 more percent of the time, like you'll get a good clean hit on the ball. And what it'll do is it'll knock the first ball off the mist track. <laughs> and the exactly. Mist track will catch the second ball and keep going. And you're like, oh, you bastard. Newton at its finest. Yeah, I know. exactly. Fucking fuck you, physics. <laughs> I'm like, I, I want my multi-ball right now. Yeah. But it's it's cool. And I think it's one of the things that, you know, kind of leads to the challenge of of Bram Stokers. I will say if I ever league night that game or if I ever take it to like a show, I probably would disable the magnet just to save the wear and tear off on it because it really it really does go there like pretty much every single game. So I don't know how those things held up at route, but maybe one of these days I'll go in and I'll actually, you know, rip that whole mechanism out and, you know, rebuild it. And I'll feel a little bit more confident about the, uh, the theory of operation on it. Cause right now I'm just kind of like you're saying, Mike went through, I'm just constantly waiting for the actual missed mechanism to fail. Now that I've gone through and fixed everything around it. Right. And I can just, then I can just put my head through the playfield glass. That's awesome. You got it working. Yay. Yes. Yeah, so cool. Project BSD is advancing. So thank you to everybody who's who's asked about it. And, you know, everybody who who's into, you know, servicing games and has offered advice. Like to me, I think that, you know, getting getting games working is. Yeah, I don't know if, if it's half the fun of pinball, but it's it's a big part of the fun, especially if you came in before, you know, it was a world of buying new games, right? You used to never get a fully working game. You always got a project. Yep. And even in new unbox, you have to tweak things sometimes. Oh, sure. Right. Like, yep. you know, the brand, the brand newest games often need some tweaking, some adjustment, you know, some love, probably not as much love as this game needed, but you know, yeah, some love. Isn't that the same? Is that the same BSD that used to live at Adams? That was Adam's BSD. I don't know where Adam got it from. Probably Mo for something. And then it became Mike's BSD. And they both they both took looks at it and had other people take looks at it and do some work on it. And it's had a lot of sets of hands in and out of it. And I think it was lucky to come to me because even though I pretty much just did my usual bullshit, which is don't get it right, just get it running, you know, like roadkill style and start playing it. Um, it was always in the back of my head that it's like, I've got a plan for this game to kind of do. And I think we talked about this on the show, like five years ago, Spencer, but to do like the low buck restore, right. Which is like, you don't really restore it. You just slap some new legs on it, clean up the coin door, make it look as good as it can make everything work and then start playing it. Right. Right. (laughs) It doesn't have to be perfect. If it's perfect and you chip something, you get pissed off, just make it, make it play right. Make it look good. So you don't feel ashamed and start playing it. You know, that's what I did with that black rose. We put new legs on it. We got everything working for the most part. No, everything was working on that. It just, there were, there were, when, when you got it, there were, quite a few posts that like these have to be like just reset you know you gotta get the toothpicks down there and you know glue yeah and- that poor thing had a had a i mean a, a clean 
a clean play field, but oh, yeah, it was just immaculate almost. Man. It I had mean, a lot of a lot of challenges, a lot of post challenges, especially yeah. in those those like star posts or those posts up in the sling that's supposed to keep the ball in the slingshots. Right, like, those suckers are so wallered out. I couldn't even use toothpicks. I used these big bamboo chopsticks. And if I had it to do over, I might almost like have just drilled that game and glued some dowels in place. But yeah. as far as I know, uh, Rick has that game now and it's yeah. still holding together. So between us, we managed to put a pretty competent shop job on it. And uh, and, and that's so, so weird about that particular game. Like you said, the play field had nowhere. I mean, anywhere, really. It was just no raised inserts, nothing. But it's just all the posts were just beat to hell. Yeah, it's well, so it didn't weird. have that usual, like, just obliterated top of the cannon. Yeah, no, you couldn't even, there was nowhere on the cannon area at all. One, remember, at the same time, I had two black roses, and the second one, the whole area of the top of the cannon was just worn away <laughs> because somebody hadn't leveled out the cannon correctly. But, yeah, right, oh, you know. yeah. For those player games, you know, like there's definitely, you know, I went through a full restore on my creature and it's beautiful. But honestly, at the end of the day, it doesn't play any better than it played. It might even play worse because it's not broken in anymore. It just looks a lot better, a lot better. Oh, it's just so it's so pretty. <laughs> yeah, that no, that's when you like talk about the three the, years the low and end. $3,000 worth of work. When you talk about the low end, uh, you know. Uh, the low-end pin guy restore. <laughs> yeah, so next time you want to yell at me about the shitty job I did on the Black Rose, like, hey, I went low-end. I got everything pretty much working and I had fun with the. I never yelled at you about doing a shitty job. I know Black you Rose. did. I yelled at you I because did. I didn't think I was going to have to do a bunch of work on it, and then I, <laughs> I, I ended up doing a bunch of work on it anyway. Not because of you, because of me. <laughs> this isn't right yet. I'm like, I'm so, like, yeah. Dude, this this game is great. I don't need to do anything on it. Oh, but I could, I could fix this. Little, oh, and then this, and then this, and then that. Next thing I know, I got the game blown up all over the garage, and I'm all like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> the good, but the best part about that was you're like, there is so much shit on this game. I never realized. Oh, dude, that game's great. It's the same thing with the BSD though, right? Like, I bought that game shopped with a broken Miss Multiball. Right. And that's I knew that's what I was getting into. But like, again, as you go through a game, you never really know what you're what you got until you decide to shop out a game. Right. Because that's where you go in and you're just like, oh, I don't think this got worked on or, oh, well, this this broke and I have to fix that. Or this post was in the wrong spot and it was causing a ball hang up, you know. And, you know, that's no, that's no, you know, dig on whoever had it before, whoever worked on it before, um, you know, when people work on games, especially games that maybe aren't theirs, you know, they don't really have the time to sit down there and perfect, you know, they just, they get it right or they get it working and they, they, they get it out. And, you know, in my case, it was working. Now it was time to get it right. Cool. And I yeah, had Transformers yesterday. A Transformers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pro or premium? Pro. Cool. The rare one. I've only seen one Transformers Pro on location, but I believe that they were big time in like movie theaters, like Century Theaters had them. That's where I used to play the one, the Century over uh, on 80. Yeah. Yeah, you are correct. They did have a Transformers in Reno one time. Yeah. And but- so. 
But all yeah. the home ones I've ever seen have been LEs and specifically the combo LE because there's three LEs of that game, right? That's right. No you premium, got Autobot, three LEs. You got Decepticon and then you had the half and half LE. Which Hell really yeah. was a good looking game. It's interesting, right, that you have half red powder coat and half blue powder coat. But I think a lot of people, you know, because the game does that Autobot, Decepticon, you know, you can choose your choose your side before you start. And then the play field is basically split down the middle, almost like they did in Tron Legacy, too, where you have the orange half and the blue half. So yeah, I feel like a lot of people, right. like they just want to take that and, and run with it. And, you know, I thought that it looks great. Like, I don't know if I'm going to go, you know, this game's pretty much good to go. I picked it up from from a league guy who picked it up from from a Bay Area guy. And, uh, you know, he he did the basic maintenance on it and dropped it off at my house yesterday and great price. And it's super clean and everything plays 100 percent. You know, I've sort of gone inside of it and like, you know, pushed and prodded and tweaked, but nothing, nothing more than you normally do after you move a game. It's a 2011, so it's definitely not from like that modern, crazy rule set Stern era, but it's fun. You know, it's it's well themed. It was a big license for its moment, which I think is which I think was pretty cool. Like when when Stern got Transformers, I was like, oh, man, this is this is big time. You know, mm-hmm. like Transformers is a big movie series right now. And this was right after the second one. So and I was always like a big Transformers fan growing up. You know, Transformers came out, what, 84 in the States, 84, 85. And it was like my last great toy line love before Nintendo showed up and just effed everything up. Yeah, so true. So, you know, and I buy Transformers toys to this day. You know, they're just they're they're fun hand puzzles to to you know, switch back and forth. They're so complicated now, but I gave a couple of my thrift store finds to Brian's kids and they had those things puzzled through in like five minutes. I was like, God, kids are smart. Um, <laughs> That's they're, cool. just, they're just smart. They're just smart and they're handy. Like I was like, Hey, if you need help transforming these guys, I know it can be kind of tough, but I'll come and help you. And like two seconds later, they have those things tight and right. And I was just like, man, you guys really figured these out. And yeah. then like five minutes after that, you could tell the guy was now a seasoned Transformers fan because he was bitching about it. He's like, oh, man, this arm <laughs> pops off too easy and his chest doesn't lock down very well. And I was like, welcome to Transformers, pal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So but when I just, you want to the, play the Porsche and then the arm is hanging out from the bottom. Yeah, yeah I know. I made myself two new Transformers buddies. Right it doesn't sound like it, but... That was 11 years ago. And I just looked up because I was like, oh, God, what other games did they do that year? You had mentioned Tron. Tron was also 2011. Stern did one more game that year. You guys know what it is? 2011. ACDC? Uh, no, that's what I thought, too. But I think ACDC was... Uh, or Metallica. Either 20, 20, no, Rolling Stones. Oh, Mick Rolling Stones. Mick on a Mick stick. On a stick. Yeah, just yeah. A, a random trivial fact. I just because I was like, oh wow, you know, because like it doesn't seem like that long ago. Because I, I remember Dan when when Tron or Transformers came out, like you said, I was like, wow, this is a really big deal. And you know, there's a lot of speculation. Oh, is it going to have a transforming toy? And you know, I I, remember, I, remember, I really like that game. I really still do. Yeah, I remember doing unboxings for those games at Justin's house. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. And I remember just kind of in sequence. And Transformers was definitely one that I was super excited about. So was Tron. Like, you know, those were those were two major geek franchises. Yeah. That, you know, you know, when Stern got their hands on those, that they were they were coming out of the dark times. They were coming out of the Wheel of Fortune times. What right, was Avatar? Cool. Was that's Avatar cool. that year? No, no, just those three games. That's all they did that year. So Avatar, Avatar was right was, around there too, though, like the year before, or the year after, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think Avatar was two thousand nine or two thousand ten. And at that time, um, it was like the biggest movie in the world. It's two thousand ten. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because we're going to talk about this later in the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, so no, that's kind of my 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 month for games. Um, I think I totally overshot my time slot. My Mark might have to edit me out a little bit. But we also did our league finals uh, yesterday. And congratulations to Alex Lambert, friend of the show, uh, who came in and, and did his usual thing. Uh, but we also had Kendra, who usually, uh, I'm not even going to say usually, like she's been getting better and better and better. And she's been threatening and threatening and threatening to to finish in the top three. She finished second and she actually took Alex, you know, to the final game. It wasn't uh, a stomping. That's and, awesome. Uh, wow. That's great. And Good. we had Adam Pressler. Second. Yeah. Impressive. Fantastic. That's really impressive. And, you know, it was fantastic. It was it was a, a short field yesterday. You know, the holidays. A lot of people have a lot going on, but, you know, it doesn't matter how many people are there to play. It matters who shows up and who wins. And, right. you know, and she did super well. She did. She beat me. She beat uh, she beat me handy two games to one. I got betrayed again by the Twilight Zone. I don't know why I keep playing that game in competition. <laughs> and then uh-huh. uh, and then Adam Pressler, our host with the most, took third. That, cool. uh, so you were at Adam's house. Yeah, Adam, we we do we do the league finals at Adam's because we <laughs> yeah, played. Yeah, because Adam's Twilight time. Zone is just evil. <laughs> he, <laughs> no, I think it plays well. Uh they cleaned oh, it, it up. Great. They cleaned it up. He put a wax job on it. It actually has really, really friendly and consistent feed from the scoop. Um, and usually I go on to Adam's Twilight Zone and you know, even casually. I'll hang up 250, 300 million points. And yeah, I got like 27 million and I was still ahead, uh, but Kendra just made a couple shots on that last ball and passed me basically immediately. But yeah, Adam, you know, at our last league night at his place, we played twilight and he had a rough first two balls and then ball three, he hung up like a billion points. I think he ended up putting like 1.3 billion on in league play. So it's definitely a playable game. Uh, I don't think it's even, I think it used to be worse, but I think that he's kind of got it dialed in now to where like, if you know how Twilight Zone is supposed to work, it's a very good example of how Twilight Zone is supposed to work. I think it's even better than mine. And for a while, I would argue that my Twilight Zone was five times better than his, but I think I also probably play his more than I play my own though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you probably do. And we had Folsom finals this month, too. I didn't make it to Folsom finals this time. I didn't qualify. Uh, but that was run by Darren Vogt, who was the guy who sold me Transformers. So 
I'll say, I said it before, I'll say it again, you know, congratulations. He actually went from unqualified. He got in because they needed to make a bracket and he played enough to play in the finals and he ran the whole field and he went all the way to, to first. So wow, that's cool. Yep. Congratulations to Darren on his win. And, you know, can thank you for a smooth deal and thank you for supporting my crippling addiction to buying pinball machines. <laughs> So what about you, Mark? I heard that you had some tournament triumph. We did. Yeah. Uh, We just finished our team league. Um, It it consisted of six teams and we played for 10 weeks and we finally had the finals. And that was in uh, at press start. And we played against Ted's team. Uh, They were called the wrecking crew and we pulled it off. We got a win we were originally, when we first started the league, we were almost like second to last place. We started winning a couple of matches here and there and different meets. And finally, we just barely made it into the playoffs at the fourth seed. And after that was done, we, of course, had to play the first seed based on how it was set up. And we pulled it off and had a terrific win away from home and then we had our home game at press start and that got us into the finals and our team succeeded and i'm really proud of my team for sure because they really put in the effort they were very committed to being there every week i think i only had a total of three subs the whole season so i really picked a great group of people they're a lot of fun. We got along really well and we pulled it off and got a really nice trophy that Jim made, uh, like an acrylic. And it has LEDs on the bottom that light it up. So it looks just like the Reno sign, um, but it says RPF instead that will travel around to the different players like monthly just so we can share it. And then uh, it'll be up for grabs again in February. But it was a awesome win. We did so good that we didn't even have to play the fifth round, which was stall ball, because we had enough points. So it was funny, too, because when Ted talked to me, he's like, you know, since we don't have two locations to play, we just, well, let's just have this and finish it last Sunday instead of having it again tonight. And it was a little pressure because it's like, well, this is do or die. We have to step up and we we did it. So, yes, our uh, inaugural season, season one, bank shot, took home the trophy. Right on, man. That's awesome. Hey, didn't you get a new game too, Mark? I did. I sold my Hot Wheels finally. I parted a ways with it, and I got a James Bond Pro, and I really like it a lot. I enjoy the rules especially the ones that were put up just recently with the 0.97 code update. I'm waiting for whatever it will be, hopefully 0.99 or even one, but uh, obviously that's wishful thinking. But the way that the code has progressed from the beginning of the game to where it is now is highly addicting. Uh, The one thing I like about it the most is how each mode has a variety of shots that aren't just typical, you know, shoot, rinse and repeat kind of thing. They're very unique in their own way and very creative. The layout of the game, as we know, 
the pro, I really like the flow. I find that when I play the premium or the LE, it just seems like it is just a little, it, there's a little more stop and go with the premium or LE because you have the bond on the one and then you have the lock. So if you want a little break in your you know, pinball action, then it's fine having that. But with the pro, when you shoot that center loop, it automatically just locks a ball as a virtual lock and you just keep going. The only downtime is when you get it in the left kicker, the out kicker, which is the, uh, I guess it's a thunderball um, scoop. It will fire it out. And the only thing that is frustrating with that design is sometimes the ball doesn't make it into the pops and it bounces off the post, hits the, the tank target and comes straight down the middle. That can get very frustrating because you're getting so far into the game and then that happens and it's like game over. But that's pinball. And I personally like the risk and reward. Pinball so and a pinball. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you just have to make sure that when you it hits a certain way, you got to nudge that machine just enough to hit that tip of the flipper. But I'll tell you one thing that the rules where you have to light the movie inserts are extremely difficult because you have to match it with the same movie for four different types of modes. You have to have it for the Q branch. You have to have it for weapon, henchman, and villain. And they all have to match. Now, the one thing that's difficult with the code that they have right now currently is that when the weapon is qualified, it randomize it, it basically goes around and cycles around in the circle. So you have to hit it at the right time to lock in that weapon. So that's the only thing that's frustrating because it's like, oh, I got I got a henchman that's uh, blue. You know, I go by the colors, of course. So I got one that's blue for henchman and I got one for villain and I got Q branch done. Oh, all I have to hit is one more. And then it's like oh, I hit yellow. Damn it. And then you have to hit the specter targets in the back of the rocket. And then that will, of course, qualify the weapon again. And you have another shot at it. But gosh, the way that they put it together is just so much better than it used to be. The other plus that I really like about it is that when you play the game, you have to earn smart missiles. So it's very similar to like Guardians of the Galaxy. But you have to be more strategic when you use them because you earn a smart missile when you shoot for different shots that uh, when you complete certain modes, you get awarded a smart missile. And if you make uh, skill shots, you also can get smart missiles. But what really makes the game clever is there's an additional thing with the action button. So one, the action button lets you spot those shots like a wild card where you just hit it and it takes the, the most rewarding shot that you can do and it will apply it to your score. However, there is another one that if you qualify the bond women, then you can hit that orbit to lock it in and the button changes from red to like a fuchsia pink color. And when you tap the button or press it, that locks in your bonus multiplier depending on how many women you collected in the loop 
And that is what keeps me coming back for it. Cause it's like that risk reward, which Gomez is known for is so addicting. Cause it's like, Oh, I have five times multiplier. I could lock it in right now and hit that button, but I'm only two away to get to seven. And sure enough, uh, there was one time I did get time seven, which was very, very satisfying. However, there's other times where I have times five. I should have hit the button. I didn't. And I drained it. And then unfortunately, if you already lock those in, then you lose them. But if you qualify them and they're still flashing, then they are still there for the next ball. So right now, my job is to try to get to get one of those movie inserts lit. And out of all the games I played, which is like 30 games, probably by now, I have not lit anything except Goldfinger. And that's it. So I'm hoping that as I play it more, I'll be able to get at least two movie inserts and eventually get more than that as I get more and more comfortable with it. But it definitely has that one more game feel. And um, I like the multi-ball modes too. They're easy to start, but they're strategic in when you want to use them to complete other modes, depending on what they are. Uh, but it's really good how they used all the different shots to be able to finish those modes. So I'm very happy with the game. Uh, it worked great. I got it. Uh, I got it used. So it 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 was already dialed in and tuned up and just played perfect when I got it. So I keep playing it nonstop. The other thing is they had a seven days of bond thing for the insider connected and that got me a little addicted to play it every day so i could get all the badges <laughs> nice but it was awesome i i really like it and um I'm, i can't wait to see what is in store for the weapons because from what i heard it sounds like that they're going to have different perks for each of the weapons to help you advance further through the game so well, the it just keeps getting better it's a great game it's a sleeper hit a lot of people dogged on it in the beginning code has really made that game uh one of my favorites for uh for uh something that i own now i i i like it even more than hot wheels just because the code is a lot more deeper yeah the code on that game has definitely come around i was actually talking with somebody about bond the other day and they were sort of dogging on it and i was like man if you haven't played bond since launch like you really need to go back and give it another look because um they've done tremendous work getting that game from something that was i mean i'm try trying to be mean but it was sort of a box of lights that played the bond theme that's to, about it yeah yeah being like one of the best games going the button rules on that game like you were describing earlier like they're outrageous. Like people, they're crazy. You know, they just go yeah. like that, you know, oh, I'm about to drain. I'm going to smash on the button. It's like, no, don't do that. Correct. Because so then you're like, you use up all your smart you're, missiles. You're throwing away a tool, yep. you know, a, a gadget, a bonus, something that you're going to actually be able to use if you're not on your last ball. You see that a lot with uh, with Mando as well. Yes, exactly. don't really right. understand what the button does. And you have to kind of look at it a little bit more. And sort of go like, oh, so when it's when it's pink, I'm going to get this person's perk. When it's blue, when it's yellow, I'm going to get these perks. And it's it's knowing the right time to unleash 
the power of uh of your your bond gadgets mi6 bonuses whatever you got so yeah that game is great i'm really yeah. glad that you ended up uh you ended up grabbing it i i am really happy too and the other thing that i really like uh is the q that, branch you got it from greg right i got it from yes i did Greg's the I got from greg got Spencer got uh flash gordon from yep. yeah and i got fishtails from absolutely and oh, i oh you got that been more happier okay couldn't have been more happier it, it played great and uh and uh, it was uh a great game to have as one game collection and uh i'm very happy to uh, play it every day it's just super fun unfortunately my daughter has to work early in the morning sometimes and i'm like oh, i want to play bond it's like no i'm going to bed I'm like oh i want to play bond <laughs> so how, yeah it's how it's much definitely rent is she paying? yeah that's true good point just saying <laughs> yeah. good point you need a basement mark uh, i do it's, it's uh, i have a sport level home i do yeah but it's just right next to the bedroom but anyway i it's it's wonderful. I really like the Q branch mode. It's awesome because you really have to work hard to get yet another multi-ball mode. So there's a lot of multi-balls, but it's not gratuitous. You really have to earn them. Except, of course, the Bird One Rocket multi-ball and the Jetpack. Those are pretty easy to start. But that's perfect for a, a person who doesn't know the game really well. And they could just walk up to it and have fun with it. So hats off to gomez and rop as well as mike vinicor they really are doing a great job just like what they do with stranger things uh the code's awesome on that one too so very happy with it and i i'm just waiting i could go on pin side like every day to see if there's a code update or if there's one hopefully coming soon but i'm guessing somebody mentioned that to me too yep they're like did my did uh did Mark get a, a bond? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I can tell because he is all over Pinside gushing about it. Yep, exactly. And, yep. And you yep. know what's funny, Mark? We both got Gomez games. I know we do. Transformers. That's right. A, Transformers is a Gomez. That's right. So we had to get those Gomez games this month. Yeah. So really happy with it. And uh uh, like I said, play it every day. So, but that's about it as far as game room updates, because I really don't have a game room. I just have a game in a room. You That's have it. a game with a room in it, or you have a room with a game in it. So you got a game room. I got a game room. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, you know, there's still new stuff right at the end of the year, man. Just be, just before the end of the year, and there's still new stuff coming out. Um, you know, Spooky uh, unveiled with this last last week. Uh, unveiled their two newest games. Um, Looney Tunes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And when I first heard, because I, I first heard about, I heard somebody say Looney Tunes. And I'm like, oh, damn, cool. Because I had said, is Scooby-Doo is coming out? Oh, man, they're they're in bed now with Warner Brothers, too. Hopefully, we'll get a real good Looney Tunes game out of it. Down and the road. We did. They nailed we did. it, man. They nailed it. I when I heard they were announcing Looney Tunes, I went Looney. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, but then, but, but then I heard, oh, they're doing the the two game bit again, and I kind of rolled my eyes and went, oh man, come on, really? Right. Um, I love the then, two game bit, man. Well, and then I saw both of them, and I had to eat my words because they not. It looks like it, now. Obviously, I haven't touched one yet, but just from looking at the video. Looks like they really knocked it out of the park on both of them, you know. Um, they really did with theme and artwork. 
they're two completely different games, but with the same layout, that's hard to accomplish. And Spooky, based on my first impressions, that game looks really fun to shoot. Really fun. So have you guys watched any of the the streams that they've done yet? Like they did the the Texas stream. I don't know if they've done a Looney stream. I haven't watched. I, I've only watched the like the, the teaser video where they show the basic gameplay and then the making of videos. I, I saw the video posted for uh, like a gameplay video of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I haven't sat down and watched it yet. I watched the one with Bug. That's the one I watched. And yeah, the- he was just glowing and so excited. And I love that to see people make that accomplishment and, uh, you know, be prideful of what they produce. But they just keep pushing the bar. I'm really impressed with Spooky and I'm really happy with them that they come up with really solid themes. And I don't understand how a small company like them, although now I don't know if I can say that anymore, gets these licenses and gets full assets. It, it's, I mean, come on, Warner Brothers, that's that's not easy to get. And they got like all the classics. So, you know, all the ones that I loved when I was a kid, especially Roadrunner, that's my absolute favorite. Well, and, so, voice, and real artists and voice And, and real artists. And, yeah. You, you know. Do you guys know who the artist is on Looney Tunes? I don't remember his name, but I think that the guy who does it is like one of the real honest and the God, like Looney Tunes artists. But I know that the guy who does the voices is the official voice of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Porky Pig. Like one dude basically does them all. Yeah. He, the, the, the voice Eric guy is the that. current official yeah. authorized voice actor yeah. for all the characters you'll never it, replace it, blank right yeah but, yeah. He, but he is but he's really the real, close he's the real thing like he is yeah. you know when he's when warner has somebody do voices for looney tunes this is the news they send out right. it's not bug trying to do a an right. impression which the artist uh because i i listened to uh their podcast i was um it was loser kid they, they had bug and uh spooky luke on and i was listening to that the other day the artist is a guy that reached out to them and said, Hey, I really love pinball. I've gotten into it in the last few years is because I, I was a pinball artist at deep root. I know bad way to start this, but I'm looking for work. I, I'd love to. So they said, okay, send us some work. So he sent us some portfolio, like a portfolio and sent him some stuff he did. And, so, and they gave him a couple of little things to do on some of the other games. And said, so the guys came back and said, okay, can you do, what can you do for Looney Tunes? So he sent back some stuff. And they're like, oh, is this ready to go? And he goes, no, that's just a like a sketch. They're like, oh, we thought this was like a completed plate build. And okay. uh, so he I forget the guy's like name real, now. I'm trying to find his name. He wasn't a real so, Warner guy, but he was a guy who He's a real artist. He's an artist. Who never was into pinball, got the job, got a job over at Deep Root, and then got really introduced to pinball, really fell in love, started buying games. He's on all the forums. And he's like, hey, I, I I know not a great way to start. Yeah, I worked at Deep Root, uh, but I, I'm really into pinball, and I'd really love to get more pinball work. Hi, and, my, name's, yeah. my name's Johnny, and I designed games for this company known as Deep Root. Can I get a job? Yeah, and that's basically – and then they gave him a couple of small projects on um, – uh, you know, hey, can you do this for this game and that yeah, – a couple of the games. And he really knocked it out of the park, And um, which is really interesting about both these games is each game had – 
completely separate team for everything from the art, from, you know, the uh, programming, from the rule set, everything. Well, right. So the play fields aren't even identical. Like the layout's identical, but like the inserts aren't. Inserts right. are different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like they're, they've really kind of taken the two designs approach, uh, or the two themes approach, I'm sorry. And, and they've evolved it, you know, from like the Shrek family guy thing. Yeah. That's that Stern did a million years ago, or even like the Pinbot Jackbot thing to what they did with Halloween and Ultraman to what they're doing here. And I think, you know, kind of uh, branching into what we're going to be talking about with, with themes this episode, I think it's awesome because it lets them do more work or get more result and they don't have to do a ton more work. I mean, I guess that the only person who loses there is maybe the person who's like, just, they really want to own Texas chainsaw and they really want to own Looney tunes. And they would love if those were two different games. But I think that, you know, the vast majority of people were going to buy one or the other. Right. 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 And by the way, the artist is Brad Duke. Thank you. Is the name of the artist for the uh, Looney Tunes pinball machine. Brad Duke. So, yeah. So, you know, shout out to him to, you know, for, you know, hey, I'll just take a chance. And uh, because he's talented. He's certainly talented. And it's good to see some good come out of all that. You know, all that mess. Like, oh, okay, some good guy got another job because he's a good guy and he's talented. Look, so, look, look. Yeah, it, I know that you love to to hate on Deep Root, but man, Ninja Eclipse, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ninja Eclipse. So, the year for next year. Yeah. Definitely the best thing to come out of Deep Root. Ninja yeah, Eclipse. Yeah. Ninja Eclipse. <laughs> Turner Pinball. And the Pinpod. The pin pod, yeah, the the, pin they pod. stole it, wasn't even theirs, but yeah. Um, oh, I heard it, it was this was described too, and hopefully, I won't fuck this up too bad. Um, but there's a mode on Texas Chainsaw Massacre where you start out, and it's like, and, and for whatever reason, the blood's draining out, so like all the inserts turn red on the play field, and they slowly move down the play field as the blood's draining now, right? That's badass, so, right? So, you hit a shot, like, like we'll say, like a ramp. And it's worth X. And then as the blood drains out, you hit that shot again, it's worth nothing. And so you got to focus on the lower play field shots. Well, That's kind of like, crazy. It's kind Isn't of like crazy? power down. It's like power down. Yeah. On mnemonic yeah. Or like tank multi-ball. Right. A kind of like yes. power down meets tank multi-ball. Like it's yeah, a yeah, great. Yeah. But I mean, okay. So cool. It's a great use then, of assets, right? Like it's a great use of, of, oh, you know, it's a horror movie, so it's going to have blood and we've got all these RGB inserts and we can have this thing where it washes. Like, it's dope. It's, it's such a good idea. It's just such smart thinking. Uh, who, yeah. Who's the coder for Halloween? It's I don't not know. Prepkey. Prepkey's doing uh, Looney Tunes. Prepkey, Prepkey is doing Looney Tunes and the coder Heck. for, ben yeah, Heck the is coder. On, f- yeah. Is on for ben, uh, Chainsaw Massacre is is, is Ben Hack. Yeah. Ben Hack is a smart dude because he looked at what he had and he said, "I can do something cool without using any additional hardware. Just right. using, you know, smart thinking, intelligent use of my theme, and the lighting system that's already built into the game. Like that's just that's just genius at work." 
Yeah. Don't let Ben know that I said he was a genius because dude's already an egomaniac. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they even said like, Hey, look, we got to, you know, we got this is a whole nother level. Cause you know, LCD and this and these assets, it's like, Oh no problem. And they're like, he knocked it out of the park. So oh, no. I'm ben, really excited to get a, get a chance. Four ramps. Come on. That's yeah, too four cool. Ramps. Um, four ramps. Yeah, and, and you look at even the stuff where like, okay, as soon as I saw the, cause I saw Looney Tunes, uh, video first and like the little doorway to the acme which yeah you know pays homage to uh the shadow a little bit um which yeah, is you really cool shadow magnet. i yep. love that yeah. yeah and then i and i thought oh the door from uh because if you've ever seen the movie uh the original texas chainsaw massacre that's kind of an iconic scene and it and then they make the door the same mag with the magnet trick and the in the little kind of sliding target there doorway like but it's, it's cool because it doesn't rotate like American Pinballs with on Oktoberfest. It actually slides back. It slides like back, a door, right, right? Which is super cool. Yeah, it's 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 almost it's very similar to the Shadow um, Sanctum. Okay. Bit. Um, but anyway, so if you know the movie, there's a scene where he drags the girl into his, you know, Leatherface drags the girl into uh into like the little butcher shop area, and he slams his door shut, and it's like this, it's like. I don't know what the, it's like, it's like what they call like a pocket door. It slides out and it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, with, uh, some cheap ass aluminum siding off the, off the neighbor's trailer house, you know, and it's just, it's iconic the way that door slides shut. And, and, and great, they have the sound effect to fit with it really well. And it's a great, yeah, it's a great scene in that yeah. movie, which I, I mean, I've seen the movie, um, you know, many years ago in of itself, I just think it's just a, okay B horror film, but it's it's iconic and it was kind of like one of if if not the first one of the first very graphically violent with you know visual effects and things graphically violent slasher type horror films that led to Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and all these others in the later seventies and into the eighties. You know, My Bloody Valentine and and on and on and on. Um, so it's iconic in that matter. So, um, mm-hmm. again, it's like, if, if you give me the choice of two, I'd take Looney Tunes all day, every day, but I'm excited to play Texas Chainsaw Massacre because, you know, again, I know the theme, I know the, uh, you know, the mythology of it and all, and to see how they've integrated that, it looks really fun. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'm excited about this when I didn't think I would be. Because I'm like, yeah, okay, it's it's a horror thing, cool. It's not my cup of tea, but oh, the the modes and the way they're integrating the theme, oh, that makes me excited. I want to see this. Yeah, and that that's uh, what is that? Uh, what kind of lock is that on the left uh, with the like a meat grinder? That was pretty cool. Right, how they did that. Right, and so then, it's like a yeah. What was like a worm? Is it like kind of like a like a spiral drive or whatever, it pulls like a the ball gear, up. Yeah. Kind of like a worm, worm gear. And then it just drops it on the top, right? To lock yeah. the ball or. Yeah. And then in the Roadrunner, it's the Roadrunner, like the Acme or like the Roadrunner cave, right? The rocket? Isn't it like a rocket or oh, something like that? It is a rocket. Yeah. Yeah. So. But what's cool is they have that work with the code when they get it developed where it will like hold balls and then it will. I don't know. Maybe it could speed up and slow down. I don't know what they can do. They could do a lot with that. Um, but yeah, it could like hold balls in there as an actual lock and then release them later. And yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with that Mac. How many, how many flippers? It's, neat. it's four flippers too, four right? Four flippers. Yep. Four, four flippers, flippers. Four, four ramps. Yep. And the other thing uh, is very interesting. And I don't know, this might be one of those things that people might be 
leery about is having powder coated ramps. That is interesting, but I don't know. Maybe they hold up. Obviously, they probably tested it, but it's just interesting to go that route and go powder coated ramps. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Dan? What do you think with you the powder coated ramps? Will and I were watching the video the other night and looking at it, and I was like, man, I think that those ramps, at least on Looney Tunes, would have yeah. almost looked better as orange plastic. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that they're going to be fine. You know, if they start chipping or something, I mean, hopefully uh, Spooky will make it right. But, you know, I'm sure that they didn't just throw them on there willy nilly. No, no. But yeah, I'm just, that's a lot of big, that's a lot of big orange ramp, but it doesn't yeah. aesthetically like take away from the game. You know, it looks, it looks nice. The arts, the arts great. The art is amazing on it. It's just and one it's of got those a lot of oranges. If you like okay. orange, Are all the models power coded. What I was going to ask is, there's a standard model, and then there's the Bloodsucker, and then there's like the collector's edition or something. Am I right in that? Yes, uh, I think there is a standard. Also, huh? There is a standard. Yes. Wow, I thought for sure they just have two models. And they wow. have two different air packages. I think that the ramps and stuff are always powder coated. Right on. Okay. So the standard edition is eighty two ninety nine plus tax and shipping. The price is pretty good for considering all the things you get. It's like, uh, what, $10,000 or so? Uh, but then maybe uh, if you want to get that butter cabinet, then you got to add another 1500 is it, I think? If you want to get the- I'm not the, sure. Uh, Luke was saying they actually lowered the price, though. So maybe at the basic level, it's actually cheaper than it was for Scooby, which would make a lot of sense because Scooby-Doo, don't get me wrong, Looney Tunes is absolutely packed, but Scooby-Doo is just stuffed with the double play field and the sculpts and tons and tons of drop targets and the really complicated ramps and all that. But it still looks like a very full and, and busy game mechanically. Right. And the other thing, too, that I found is they do listen to people because everybody's ripping on. Oh, you can't see the ball and it's not enough flow and it's too much, you know, brick shots here and there. This one looks like it will flow really well. And how the ball comes back to the flipper on almost like every every single flipper will be very interesting to see how long the gameplay will be per ball. Um, I'm very interested to see that. <laughs> well, they were mentioning that right as well mm-hmm. in the stream as they were mentioning that like every, every shot leads to another shot, which is great for me because I like that. That's like, that's why I really like rush because rush is really good at one shot feeding another shot. So you can combo it. And you could see in the video where like you have that one like ramp shot that'll feed up to the upper flipper and then you can just refeed the ramp ramp shot and just keep going. I don't know if there's a diverter or something that'll eventually stop you from doing that, but it looks like it has a lot of repeatable loopable action. And, you know, a lot of people love that. It can get old, you know, when you watch somebody hit the ramp, you know, the loop a hundred times in a row on Dr. Who, but it's still a heck of an accomplishment. So, you know, maybe it'll have long ball times, but I mean, and I don't think I'm alone in saying this, you know, spooky games, just like Stern games, just like JJP games have a very particular feel. And, you know, Bug has been pretty uh, adamant in saying, you know, they're not trying to make a game that plays like a Stern. They're trying to make a game that plays like a spooky. 
and their games are going to have their style, you know, and right. some people are like, well, spooky games are clunky. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's there's some clunk in every game. But, you know, I think that you're right. They did kind of listen to the feedback from Scooby and they said, OK, well, our next game, you know, maybe not because you said you didn't like it, but our next game is going to be something a little different. You know, and that's just sort of, I well, think, yeah, we're, we're, we're giving a game to the flow crowd. That's the way I look at it. Right. He's yeah. like, okay. And honestly, I like Scooby-Doo and, and I've said it before and I know it sounds kind of silly, but you know, the whole idea behind that game for Scooby is a mystery. So why not have the ball be a mystery where it comes out? That's the way I look at it. So, yeah. Scooby's another game that I don't know if you, if you've played it lately, but it's come. It's awesome. It's come far in, in code. Like <laughs> where that, that early code we were seeing at the show with the repetitive music was just kind of, you know, it just it felt very sedate. It didn't feel like it was going places. Uh, the last time that I played it, which was over at uh, Jason's and Tracy, um, like, yeah, it's it's exciting and it's got some good tension to it. And when you're trying to to solve the mysteries or do the modes like it's definitely got a little pressure it's it's an outstanding outstanding game oh that's great to hear uh, because hear. i'm excited to play it with i couldn't really hear it in jason's basement because he had all the other games going on there but yeah i really want to get some time on that and uh try it out to really listen to the soundtrack because you're right it was kind of graded it, it was grading to hear that same like i don't know how you describe music it. Yeah, just yeah, looping. looping. Oh. It was just looping. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it goes back to kind of the the theming thing that we were talking about, where when you have you know a perfect theme, if you don't execute on that that perfect theme perfectly, it's 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 squandered. Right. You know, you get you get a big license, you get a big theme, you get a Scooby Doo or a Looney Tunes or or Texas Chainsaw or James Bond. You know, James Bond, the first run of James Bond. You know, a lot of people were just like, "This is they got the entire Bond, you know, franchise at their disposal, or at least the Sean Connery piece of it, and this is what they're going to give us." And yeah. then they come back and they go, "Well, you know, good news. Yes, you saw that early release. You didn't like it, but we were able to take that feedback." whether, you know, they took it personally or not, and they went back and they made adjustments and, and released more code. And, you know, it, it basically fixed a game that I think would have been a disappointment and turned it into a big success. Right. And I didn't mention this, but the video clips, I know we're kind of going back and forth, but with Bond, the video clips are remind me of Batman 66, how well they're integrated. Oh, nice. And yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, but yeah, going back to Spooky, I really am excited for them. And uh, I don't know. Do you know anybody? Uh, we don't have to mention names, obviously. But do you know anybody that's getting any uh, Looney Tunes or um, Chainsaw Massacre? I don't know anyone who's flat out said that they're getting one. Okay. I know we some have... people who are waiting on Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I know some people who are waiting on Labyrinth. And I think now might have been a rough time to have dropped two new releases. Yep. Because, I mean, honestly, they're still, you know, I think, I don't think that they've really shipped more than a few uh, Elton Johns either. No, 
No, not many. So I think that there were already a lot of options in the market. And now there's just two more choices out there. So. Hmm. Thank you for reminding me, Dan. I did not have Labyrinth on games of 2023 that shipped. I don't think it shipped yet. I, it? No, they, they're, they're on yeah, location. Yeah, they have. They are on location. Oh, yep. wow. I just read that on Pinside yeah, that they are on location. They're I read shipping. It on Nap, I think. Yeah. So they're on location now or somewhere else. Well, yeah, I Nap guess they and, did they did bust right out with like 10 games to sell, right? Something like that, yeah. So like they had games on the scene day and date. Yeah. Oh so okay, so I looked up on Spooky Side. I'm here now. Um the collector's edition of Looney Tunes has the orange powder-coated ramps and habit trails. The limited edition, or the, you know, the, or the Bloodsuckers edition, I'm sorry, has a, a sparkling black, gloss black powder coat. Gloss black with, spa- with sparkles. Huh. The standard okay. edition has flat black powder coating on the ramps and habit trails. So they're all powder coated. They're all so, powder coated. Uh, it must work so because it must, yeah, I wouldn't take that risk with three different models and then, you know, yeah, have it chip. So <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't realize because the only thing I saw was just the orange one. That's why I asked. I'm like, oh, are all the editions powder coated? You know, because I know with Spooky, when you buy the different edition, I mean, you're not losing any mechs or anything like that. Usually, it's just trim level mostly. Right. And different colors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Right. Yeah. You don't, you're not missing anything in the game. That's one nice thing. They don't shortchange you with, with the different mechs and things like that. It's just mainly aesthetics. But, um, I, I think what's great about spooky is they, they promise what they deliver. I mean, they are almost done with their run of Scooby-Doo. Right. And now they're going to start this one up probably after, after the holidays. And people are going to be getting their games probably in February and they are on target. And the cool thing about them is they manufacture everything in house except their cabinets. Isn't that correct? I think they do. They do all the metal work. They do all the sculpts. Everything is done in house, which is pretty amazing considering they are still sticking to that timeline. Yeah, I don't know about the cabinets, but I do know a lot of their stuff is done in-house. And then we're talking about you can still get to, you can still special order direct print cabinets from them. So I don't know if they're assembling the cabinets. I don't know how that's working. Well, Charlie comes from a printing background, right? Uh, Yeah, he does. Like that's kind of where he started. So it definitely makes sense that like they probably do all their printing in-house like who would, you know, who would really manufacture the cabinets for them? The cabinets seem like one of those things that, you know, they probably get them brought in from somewhere and then they slap all their graphics on them. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard on the podcast uh, when they were interviewing Bug. But it's just exciting to to see them be so successful and and coming out with some awesome themes. So hats off to Spooky and being from Wisconsin. Can't Can't go wrong with that. It's pretty yeah. awesome. Exactly. The biggest pinball company in Benton, Wisconsin. There Benton, Wisconsin. I want to visit that one of these I, you days. You know what? It's we, so far you, from we Milwaukee. What we should do is plan a trip to where we all meet up together and get a tour of uh, the factory. That would be cool. You know, And go to that little 
bar and grill they go to in Benton and get pizza and burgers or whatever after. There you go. So, so I looked up on Texas Chainsaw, the, the base model and then the Bloodsucker. They're just using the same trim level as with, you know, it's the flat black and then the, the gloss black with the sparkles. And then the limited edition or what the collector's edition has like blood red instead of orange. Well, they so. always have a weird way of handling that, right? Because it's like they have a standard, but then the blood sucker is if you add options to it, it becomes a blood sucker edition. And now they right. have a collector's edition as well, which comes with yeah, everything. Kind of yeah. everything. Yeah. Except for maybe the butter cab. I'm not sure. But yeah, they've always they've always had a weird way. And they don't they don't limit anything. Like if eight hundred and eighty-eight people order collector's editions, there will be eight hundred and eighty-eight collector's editions. Right. That's correct. It's the total number of games per, per theme. And that's why one of the reasons why they're still doing the non-refundable deposit, because they're making the game per X person that's purchasing it. And if it's, you know, they want, they don't want to have to go through the headache of trying to sell it to someone else and go, well, I wanted this, or I didn't want that. And so it's like, okay, you're in now and it's up to you to sell your deposit because we don't want to deal with this. And I mean, right. from, from their point of view, from their perspective, it makes sense. You know, and it makes sense with the non-refundable deposit too, because then they got their bill of materials set and ready to go. Maybe that's why they're always on time. Yeah. Because no, no, they, they got they the money to pay, pay for it. They talked about yeah. that because that way they know in advance they're like you said they're building materials how many of x model they've got to make and how many how many they've already sold and so that's that's how come because people always ask like well how come during covid you guys were able to get out games that because they do so much in-house you know they're doing it smart i mean and they and they make improve look are they perfect no but they're making improvements with every single game they make no as much as that you know you don't want to love non-refundable deposits like you have to kind of understand too, the person that they really screw is the flipper. Like the yeah, person who's going to throw a deposit down. And if the game ends up being successful, they go like, okay, great. I'll take my game. And if the game ends up being a little bit, you know, more lukewarm, they go, Oh, I'm just going to get my money back. I mean, I guess that like a regular normal person, uh, can change their mind and, and need their money back. And, you know, that's a rough situation, but, I don't think that, you know, like your common person sort of says, hey, I'm going to give you what, 10000 or 10000 like a 1000 or $1,500, unless they're pretty serious about their their potential to purchase the game. I know bad things can happen, you know, and right. that, that sucks. But, you know, I just think that really the people who scream the loudest about like, we hate deposits and we hate pre-orders and it's killing us are well i guess it's all a pinball because everybody's really impatient and they don't like to wait but it just always feels like it's it's a flipper defense mechanism they're just like ah, i want to be able to order five games and get my money back so i can quadruple my money like i did on rick and morty right someone deposit for five thousand dollars it's just like ah, fuck off yeah you remember how fast those things sold out well because it was a hot property and they only made 750 of them right right I mean, it's not a great game, no. but it's a hot, hot theme. The assets are awesome and the way they did the, the code, but it's too bad it doesn't shoot as good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the problem. That's kind of going back to, you know, what, what I was saying a little bit before is just like they got the real artists 
and they got the real voice actors and they got the real scenario writers and they all threw in on this game. So it makes it a super authentic Rick and Morty experience. Right. Have you seen the new Looney Tunes that's on Max? No. If you watch that, it stays true to the classics. It's actually excellent. And Eric Bauza does all of the voices for obviously pretty much. He's pretty much like the modern Mel Blanc. And he does a really good job. And the music is the same. It's got the merry melodies, you know, with the, you know, with like an actual orchestra. It's oh, it's nice. really good. If you haven't had a chance to watch it on Max, uh, it's called uh, Looney Tunes Cartoons. I okay, think so is what it's HBO called. HBO Max. HBO Max. Okay. I was watching some clips. I don't know. So good. Yeah. I don't know if this was like a real show or if it was just clips, but it was almost like a Looney Tunes sitcom. Where like Bugs okay. and Daffy like lived in a house. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I haven't seen that one. But it was it was really amusing. Like those characters are still, you know, they're still being used. I mean, maybe they're not Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, uh, you know, in terms of like the maximum exploited use of them. But like, you know, I think that like kids these days, you know, they still know who Bugs and Daffy and you know Porky Pig are. Maybe not the real Bugs and Daffy and Porky Pig, like from the 30s and the 40s, where they were just psychotic. But, you know, they still and, have and familiarity with drugs. these characters. These characters still <laughs> exist. Yeah. You know, the ones I always like are all the odd, really oddball shit that Looney Tunes did. Um, like Ralph and Sam. You know, it was basically Wile E. Coyote and the Sheepdog. And they no, call yes. in. they're distinctly different characters. Are yeah. they? Okay. Yeah, Wiley and and uh, Ralph the Wolf are not, they look similar, but they're not the same. Well, Wiley talks. Well, no, you're right. You are well, right Ralph with talks. the sheep. Dog. Wiley doesn't. Well, Ralph talks. Well, Wiley yeah. does, but he oh, talks okay. in like a different. He talks in like later cartoons. The original. No, no, you're the original. Honest yeah. to God, Wiley Coyote, the one that uh, was it. Chuck Jones is it. Chuck Jones was the the, yes, the Chuck Jones. Guy? Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Jones is correct. Yeah. He doesn't talk in the, the 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 cartoons, but like he talks in like some of like in his Bugs Bunny cartoons, he'll talk. And he has that like right. that really right. like urbane voice. But yeah, where Ralph and Sam yes, like exactly. You know, they're like they're like punching in and out, and then he's gonna try to yeah, kill yeah. the sheep. And it's just it's just it's business. Always, I think it's the lunchboxes. And then Ralph always gets yeah, his yeah. them and like punches his teeth out. <laughs> so I love that. They, they, they show up at their lunch boxes morning ralph morning sam cup of coffee <laughs> yeah. at lunch has a coffee break and they're sipping coffee and chatting about the wives and oh back to work uh bang you know yeah, exactly. um, pow pow yeah right well those and like um ralph phillips the little kid that daydreams in class oh yeah you know? yeah um but, but there, there's so many and of course foghorn leghorns like my Fucking hero, man! You know I love that guy. <laughs> is Foghorn Leghorn in in the pinball machine? He's got to be somewhere. I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, at least a you know him I, and the tennis shoe monster, the big red fuzzy yeah. tennis shoe monster. I didn't see him. <laughs> I didn't see Speedy Gonzalez, and I know he's become a character that some people have a problem with, but some people don't. Right. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Marvel the Marf- Marks the Martians there, and most yeah, yeah. Of, there. Most important to me, you know, it looks like it has a very heavy Daffy Duck presence. Yeah, which is great because Daffy Duck is is arguably the best Looney Tunes character. He's one of, <laughs> always been one of my favorites. You know, um, <laughs> oh, pronoun trouble. 
You know, there's one problem with that game is when the clips are going, I might not be able to play as well because I'm going to be laughing at all of the movies that are playing on the on the screen. <laughs> but, you know, as I can see Foghorn Leghorn doing the extra oh. ball, I say, boy, I say, boy, you got an extra ball. There, son. <laughs> yeah. That would right? be a great call out. Would is there they? Yosemite Sam? Is there Yosemite Sam in there? Oh, there's, oh, gotta there's, be. there's gotta be, but I don't, yeah. I don't recall seeing him. I don't, I don't recall hearing them mentioning him, but I, he's got to be in there. I hate that rabbit. Love that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So you can dig deep in the world. You could go with Tweety and Granny, you know? Oh, they could go all out. And, and what's nice is really the, I don't know if the inserts match all those things, but they could always add more code and add yeah. more clips and who knows what they could do. I mean, if they got the whole license, pretty awesome. So, I mean, obviously they can't have every single episode, but they have right. the, the ones that I love. Well, maybe like the opera one. Oh, I'm so glad doc? I got the opera, opera one. Doc. Opera doc is so good. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe so some of the limits are that. that they have the voice actor who can do these specific characters. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah. The three of us, and, and if you ask a hundred other people in our age groups, Everything we know about the opera, we learned from Looney Tunes. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you know about opera? What I learned from Looney Tunes, you know, and, and oh, watching gosh. Godfather movies, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about Godfather this episode, Spencer. Oh, we're not. <laughs> but I mean, you see my point. So, but yeah, it's, you know, Enrico Caruso, he was in The Godfather. Uh, you know, no. Uh, but yeah, it's like, what'd you learn, what'd you learn about opera? Oh, Bugs Bunny, you know. So, oh god, that ending part is so good when he's oh, <laughs> <laughs> he just lets his glove just stay up there and he's going out, just leaves this place. Oh, guys, so good, so good. It was Boghorn Lakehorn, right? He runs up, grabs the dog, and whacks him on the ass with the stick, and then runs and he runs out of leash. You know, right oh, where to go. Is so good, yeah, so good. I'm so thrilled that they have that theme. And it's oh, yeah. kind of like Marvin, Marvin the Martian. Can't wait. Yeah. Well, it was Ugh. kind of like more subversive, right? Like the Looney Tunes cartoons were like the Disney cartoons or like the universe. I mean, I guess the Woody Woodpecker is pretty, pretty out of control, but they were just, you know, they were a little wilder. They would, they would, they were violent. They would go heavier but, into the side gags, awesome. you know, the tech Avery <laughs> type stuff. They were quite a bit more violent. Yeah. Um, although, you can watch some Disney cartoons and there's some, some messed up stuff. The silly, the classic Mickey mouse. Yeah. Some of the silly symphonies and stuff. Yeah. Silly symphonies. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like silly symphonies and merry melodies and Looney tunes. And you're like whacking a tuba over his head. What kind of bootleg ass shit is this? But it was like, you know, it was Warner brothers was going to make their own cartoons their own way because they hired creators who, were you know looking looking to do something a little bit more wild you know your bob clampets and stuff like that not that i'm a looney tunes expert or anything but i always appreciated them because yeah you know first of all the cartoons are more accessible disney cartoons are always a little bit harder to find and bugs bunny was on saturday mornings but they were just funnier yeah and the, the, they were you know and that's kind of again why when they announced you know Bugs Bunny is a theme. Looney Tunes is a theme, and it's not the Looney Tunes' first trip to pinball land. No, it's they not. did the they did the wonderful <laughs> big <laughs> birthday, birthday bash. blowout or birthday. <laughs> I think birthday bash or birthday blowout. Birthday bash. Uh, it's kind bash, of birthday, it's kind it of is. birthday bad. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's a hopefully more triumphant return 
than than the original one. Well, there was another one where they did have a part in the game. Space Jam. Space, Space Jam. Jam. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever seen one, they didn't make hardly any of those. So they're not easy to find, but they're out there. Yeah. But not well, not yeah, very common. It was, you know, it was a low point in pinball. I mean, for sure. But then it became you know, NBA, right? And then that was kind of. Well, yeah, yeah I think much so. later, they were working in NBA, which is even rarer. Yeah. yeah. Like Stern NBA was like one of those 2007, 2008 era Sterns where they made like a hundred of them. Oh, okay. Okay. I think, right? Interesting. Well, regardless, I'm psyched, man. I am psyched beyond belief. I can't wait to play this thing when it, uh, I know I have two people in Reno. Ironically, the guy down the street, he's a huge spooky fan. So he's got an order in and then another friend of mine. So, and, and what's cool is he got in like five minutes after the website opened to order. So he's getting it direct. So dude, I'm so, I'm so psyched. I can't wait. Ugh. Seems like a game that Comic awesome. Kingdom would get. Yeah, that would be You're a good right. title. You're right. That would okay, be yes. good, or in right. any kind of uh, any, uh, any fun center. You normally will. Get it would kill it. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's going to do well and on location as long as it doesn't break well, down. A, but yeah, eight hundred and eighty-eight of them. Like, I don't think that you know it's going to end up in every Chuck E. Cheese, but. You know, right. you, no, it's you, not. Okay, there's not, like five, there's only what, five Chuck E. Cheese's left open. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. You've got three people operating in that town who will buy specialty games, you know. Yes. So, you know, that might be lucky. And by the way, it was 250 Stern NBA machines. Oh, good. Glad you looked that up. In 2009. Oh, wow. So they didn't make very many. That was at a real low point for them. Yeah, that was. That was the dark, the dark times. That was the dark times. Right. Yep. Before the dragon came. Yep, yep. Yep. Hey, um, not for nothing. I sidetracked talking about Chuck E. Cheese. Are there any Chuck E. Cheese open in your area, Dan, anymore? Yeah, there's one in Elk Grove. There still is we one. We have one okay. here in Reno, too. Okay. Yeah, there's still a few yep. of them. There's, I know, I looked at because Mickey was like, well, it's got to be. Well, I just read somewhere just a week or two ago that. They have removed now or are in the process of removing all the animatronics from all but one of the Chuck E. Cheese locations. Yeah, because yeah, no one kids watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah, you got to assume most of those systems are, you know, 30 years old and super broken down. And right. they're not fascinating to anybody but you and me and Mark and Brian. Brian loves them. But oh, like boy, kids, sure does. kids now are spoiled. Yeah. Plus, I think yeah. that like that Five Guys at Freddy's movie probably just kind of made uh, whatever's off the <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese Corporation go like, oh, yeah, these things are fucking terrifying. <laughs> right. Speaking of a <laughs> they great are theme, man, come on. Somebody <laughs> like that should have been a spooky pinball theme. Five, five, five Guys at Freddy's with like terrifying animal uh, audio animatronics. <laughs> I I thought about a horror theme that I really wanted. That's a good theme, though. No, the animatronic because you could do all kinds of animatronic toys on the playbill with that. Yeah, no, for sure, right? Like you have, you know, they're all trying to murder you, right? <laughs> um, because I, I was thinking about it the other day. Here's I don't even know if you guys know this movie. It's from the '80s. I can't tell you what year. I I have to look it up. I would love to see that. This is be real. We're digging deep. Uh, the stuff. 
the stuff. Yeah. Like, it I've was heard like, of it, and I'm sure I've seen the box, but I don't think I've ever watched the movie. Okay. It's like an additive, right? Like a food it, additive. It Well, sort of, it was like a non-dairy frozen dessert treat, okay? So think like not Frogurt, not ice cream, but something that like, like think like a frozen custard or something, but it was all man-made. They actually found this shit like like oozing out of the ground or a cave or something. The, <laughs> no, description, no, no. the movie description, a- by the way, is a private detective investigates a new consumer taste treat that's absolutely delicious and just possibly lethal. Yeah. So what it does is it like takes huh. it takes over their body and like possesses them and eventually kills them. And it's cool. so addictive that you have to keep getting more of it. And and it's like it's like like a life or like it's like a bacteria or an enzyme or something. And it's really it's it's an I mean, it's a really bad cheesy movie, but I thought, oh, but that would make such a fun pinball theme. <laughs> then the film, a sweet and addictive alien substance, becomes a popular dessert in the United States, but soon begins attacking people and turning them into zombies. Yeah, man. And like every other zombie movie, the film is a satire on the American lifestyle and consumer society. I yeah. knew it. Yep. I knew it. Fucking, <laughs> fucking, knew fucking it. satire. I knew it. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Dan, you had another great theme idea, if I remember correctly. What was that? I don't remember now, but I remember we were talking about it a while back. What about you, Mark? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Theme? Are we talking about theme? Are we going to finally get into the theme conversation? I've been trying to steer us there, but. Well, that's it. You you, you, you segued, man. The stuff. Well, is it? That's a theme. There you go. I I gave you one. The the The, stuff? No, I'm saying what themes. How do you make a pinball machine out of the stuff? I've got to do this. (laughs) It's a good spooky theme. It's a horror movie. So I think it's important, you know, kind of going back to themes and the importance of themes. Right. And we talked about Chainsaw Massacre. Like, that's a heavy theme. And it's, it's going to take, like, right. It's going to take a very like like Walking Dead. Right. Or or even Halloween. And it's going to take a special pinball fan to like it. But like, I think that it's important that Spooky makes those games because that's what Spooky loves. And Spooky, well, it fits with their count. Yeah, it fits with their. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're known for. Yeah, they don't yeah. make. They, I don't think they make any game just for the money. No, like, I think that they make the themes that they love, and you know, I think that it's important that like somebody out there isn't afraid to make a game that's you know bloody and violent, and you know definitely rated R. You know, you yeah. don't see that. Like Will, you know, he absolutely loves Rob Zombie. And mm-hmm. I think Rob Zombie is terrible. And his argument isn't that he loves it because it's a great game. He loves the theme and the violence and the profanity and, and the, the subject matter. I would never argue that Transformers is a great game, but I love Transformers as a theme. You know, theme theme sells games. I mean, you know, it's 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 become a bit of a meme in pinball that, you know, it's all about the theme, the theme, the theme. And I don't know if that's always true. I've bought games despite the theme uh, that are good games. And I just want to have them. I have games where I've worked my way around the theme. I have games where I still think that the theme, or at least the theme music is a detraction from the quality of the game. 
galactic tank force. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was just kind of putting out there. It's just like, you know, Spooky came out with these two new games that have these very disparate themes. And obviously, I think you could tell from our conversation tonight, although Spencer went pretty deep on Texas, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that I think as a group, we're a little bit more excited by Looney Tunes. But like, right. you know, what, yeah. how vital to you guys is the theme when you're buying a game? Great question, Dan. I can answer that. And there's so many to choose from for themes as far as what I wish could come true. Honestly, I know know this is kind of a cop-out, but I really want to see a Back to the Future theme done right. Like really go all out. And because there's just so many things you can do with it, with the storyline, you could throw in all three movies. Um, there's just a lot that you could do with that to, to make it an interesting, deep game. And honestly, that is my, like, I love back to the future. It's, I mean, I, I don't have like a DeLorean or have, you know, collectibles and stuff like that, but as we far as you just loving the movie, orange vest. Say that again. So we know you have that puffy orange vest. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I used to, back, oh, but that see? was back then. Look at this short wear life preserver. Yeah, I know. I know. Are you in the Coast Guard, but son? But, and I like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> the Coast Guard. I was right around the yeah. life preserver all the time, Marty. But that's not exactly what I'm asking. What I'm asking isn't to say what theme do you want. It's like how important is oh. your theme to you? Like, does it trump the quality of the game? Will you buy? If Back to the Future comes out and it's incredibly well-themed, but the game's a little shady, will you still buy it because you love Back to the Future that much? No. It has to be good theme, good game. It can't be one or the other. For me, it has to be a good game. Um, Definitely... I I am kind of on the fence when it comes to that kind of thing, but I would have to say that if it's an original theme that is not actual um, uh, intellectual property, but something that is original and the game shoots great, if I could afford it, I would get it. Like, for example, Dialed In, I love that game. I wish I could own one. I just haven't put the money towards it. Just because it's just still it's getting they're getting down in price, but I just you can get a good deal on dialed in. But that's a great example, to be honest, right? Dialed in is a great example of a really good game. A Pat Lawler shoots well, full of stuff. Yeah. Really shitty theme and art. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Just not well themed. But you would buy one because you care enough for the game. Like you could look past the theme. I could look past the theme. I, I like gameplay. Uh, gameplay trumps uh, theme for I'll me. Give me one for that. Sure. Yeah. Baywatch. I have never, ever seen an episode of this show. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I, I never have. Yeah. Zero yeah. interest at all in that theme. Zero. I love that game. I would love to have one. That's a fun game to shoot. It is. And I have Agreed. zero interest in the theme. Yeah. Well, and the thing with Baywatch is Baywatch was a weird theme, right? Like you look at Baywatch and you're just like, seriously, they did Baywatch? But Baywatch was like the number one TV show on the planet at the time. 
you know, same, as, same with when they did CSI. We were talking about CSI the other day and uh, somebody, I think maybe it was Don's Pinball Podcast was talking about CSI and they were saying, oh man, it's such a great game, but the theme is so blah. And I was like, man, CSI was, was a big show. I love that like show. That, like that huge show, show. Was, was huge. The game itself is good. You know, it's yeah. a lawler, um, but like the, the theme was huge. Uh, you know, same with, um, you know, same with Transformers, right? Like Transformers was a big get for Stern. Avatar was the biggest movie in the world at the time. 24. And those games, despite having like super, super powerful themes, yeah, 24 was, I think 24 was kind of past its prime by the time they got to the pinball machine, but it was still relevant. Um, right. Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, uh, right. Stranger Things is coming back huge. And I think that game must be all themed because I think it's a distressingly average game. Um, you know, theme is theme is the be all end all for right. for pin fans these days. But I think to an extent, like people are looking past the quality of the game based on the theme. Like in the long run, the quality of the game has to win out. But like Rick and Morty is is not considered to be a great game it's not you know punishment from god but it's just super well themed like they did such a great job it's super yeah i mean it's yeah like i said though the way that (laughs) once again see what i'm saying you see that pattern that assets they they, they got the assets and they got the guy who did the voices do the custom callouts just like eric bowser will do the custom calls that's huge you know, that, that is one thing that is really awesome about some of these companies who can get these IPs and get, <laughs> uh, come on, Scooby-Doo is another one. They got, uh, you know, uh, gosh, cause should know his name. Uh, you know, the one that did the voice of Fred. Right. I mean, He's the been doing actual it since 69. Yeah. I and, know. I don't think he actually plays so Fred cool. in the game though. Does he? Yeah. I know he plays, he plays Scooby. Actually, I guess they have yeah. two or three Scooby voice actors. I think he plays Fred. No, he too. does Fred too. Yeah, he's done it yeah. since '69. And then the guy that did Shaggy, Frank Walker. Sorry, Frank I was Walker, trying to remember the name. Frank him, Walker. Yeah. He's also the voice of Megatron. Yes, bringing yes, the Transformers and like basically everything else ever. Yeah. Oh, dude, his pedigree. Like anytime on voices, you hear an animal in a movie or a game, it's probably Frank Walker. It's Frank Walker. What we grew up with cartoons, it was Frank Walker. Totally, like every single. What Super Friends, Hanna Barbera, just Frank Walker. Okay, okay. <laughs> Super Friends would make an awesome pinball theme. Okay, <laughs> Rockin' Wonder like, Twin Powers, straight out the cheesy seventies Super Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Friends. I would say even before the Wonder Twin Powers, I would say back when it was like Windy and Marvin Martian and Wendy and, and uh, Windy and Marvin and uh, what was it, Wonder Dog? Wonder, Wonder Dog. Wonder Dog or Wonder <laughs> Mutt. I, wonder dog. I think it was wonder I think. dog. It was a wonder dog. I, I had oh, that on DVD. I'll have to go back and watch it. I'm watching yeah. here. Although if you go to the eighties and you know, you do get the wonder twin powers and you get the super cool challenge of the super friends, but yeah, I don't know. I was, I was like, I would love that. Like anything old school, cheesy DC, like would be an absolute winner of a theme. But, you know, I don't know if it's such a strong theme that, like, I would look past a game that I hate. Like, Weird Al is not what I would want to buy in a game. Like, I like the P3, and I respect that Weird Al is a great P3 module. But I bought that game 100% on the strength of the license. 
Right. Yeah. I, but it ended up being a good game, right? Yeah, I mean, you like the great. gameplay. It's super fun. It does a lot of cool stuff. P3 is a neat platform that definitely yes. needs work uh, to be really ready for prime time. Um, but at the end of the day, like anybody could have made Weird Al as long as the game didn't like kick me in the nuts every time I played it and I would have given them thousands of dollars for it. Like that theme was to me personally so strong and such a, a pinball machine I thought I would never get. As long as it was a competent operational pinball machine, I was going to give somebody some money. Right. And I think the theme, you know, I think the theme has become like something that wins the battle. But I think that that maybe is to the detriment of pinball as a whole, because you're just getting to the point where we don't care about the games. We just care about the graphics and the sounds and the characters and the sculpts. And, you know, is Labyrinth really a good game? It looks like a pretty good game. I'm not saying it looks pretty looks fun, pretty fun, you know, but what a weird theme theme is weird. <laughs> I mean, I watched the movie. I don't, I, I mean, it, it was really bizarre, but you know, it had that, obviously that Jim Henson flair, but it wasn't like the best movie, but everybody's like loving that movie. I was like, okay, it's, it's okay. But I was just like, not like wowed. Cause I've never seen it until I watched it. Oh really? It happened to be on. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen it, but I always, I also was pretty sure it was a little bit older than it is. Cause I guess Labyrinth was like 86 and I was thinking it was more like 82 and somebody pointed out, I was probably thinking of the dark crystal. Dark yes. Crystal. Just, those yeah. two get confusing sometimes. Or, or yeah. never ending story. I definitely, never ending story. definitely wasn't never ending yeah. story because I've seen never ending story about 600 times. Okay. I, lo- I still love that like movie too. Now that, that one I like over I a lot movie. If I ever get yep. total F you money, like I can just go do whatever I want in the universe. You, you know, the one <laughs> thing I'm going to do and I build a huge ranch is the entrance is going to be like a scaled life size uh, Southern Oracle. The Southern Oracle freaked back the hell lit, out of me. Backlit, so it like glows like green or blue. Yeah, and I freaked out. Did you get nightmares over that I scene? That I got to get your house. I'll just yeah. Or someone's walking <sighs> to your house. I'll just I'll just be yelling at them. Be confident. Be confident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see Dan out in the driveway, opening up a beer. Be confident, dude. Be confident. It's okay. Yeah. Somebody's coming off the driveway. Dan, Dan, Gary, out there. Oh, I hated that scene. I freaked out, man. That scared <laughs> you know, the crap out of me as a kid. Had a lot of stress in it for like a kid's movie, you know the horse, the horse part, the horse. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The swamps, you know when when he loses everything, you know it has like depression. The funny thing is, like the guy who wrote the book hates the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> like he wanted him to change the title. He wanted his name removed from it. Like, wow. And that movie was like the hugest movie ever released in Germany for like a thousand years. But yes, it has. Yep, that's it, correct. You know, I think that, you know, for most of us, it was like the beginning of video. Like no one went and saw that at the theater, but we all saw it on video. I would love like if if yeah. my breath was never ending story, I would be like, oh, $10,000, huh? <laughs> what am I selling? You want to yeah, slightly use Galactic Tank Force? Um, like that would be a real winner for me. Like I love that thing. Back to the Future is another one. Like I would absolutely love a yep. super competently designed Back to the Future. You know, Muppets. If if Muppets someone like Muppets would be good, got their hands mm-hmm. on the Muppets. Like I would absolutely love Muppets. Um, now here's something throwing out it here. Has to be a good game. Yeah. Right? Like, here's here here's something that. I, and I'm sorry I interrupted. I no, apologize, Dan. We're good. So here's my question for you. What about 
going towards a different demographic, would it sell if they had a Barbie machine? You know, when the movie came out, I thought it was crazy that nobody jumped on Barbie. I know. I mean, I'm not like saying I'm a fan, but, but man, I, I just, it would be very interesting because more and more women are getting into pinball. You can tell, I mean, it's definitely getting more and more popular. I, I wouldn't, it would be really cool to try it out and see maybe like doing a limited edition or something just to see it. You could do a lot with that. I don't know. It would be interesting to see if they ever thought of that. It's a 50 year old license or a 50 year old, 50 plus year old franchise that has legitimately been the top of its field since the day it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's got the legs for it. You know, I mean, could you see women just buying up these, I mean, talking about theme, if somebody was into pinball, I guarantee somebody would get that. Oh yeah. It's just a given. Mm. And, And I wouldn't be surprised if guys got it to be honest with you. Well, and you know, there are pinheads who will buy anything. Right. Right. Like they'll buy Barbie just because they don't think people are going to buy a lot of Barbies because of the, you know, I own something that you don't attitude. But I do think that like, it's, it's a license that when, when American pinball came out with hot wheels, I was like, dude, these guys have found an untapped resource, which is toy licenses. Yeah. it's still right to me that no one's doing He-Man, no one's doing G.I. Joe's. We got a Transformers, but it was based on the movie, uh, not even the real good movie from 86, but the 2007 movie, which was OK. Um, being a Transformers owner now, I will say that I'm not the biggest fan of the Transformers movie franchise, but they're all watchable, except for like maybe the third and the fourth one. Those are pretty fucking bad. Yeah, the first two I really enjoyed. The first two are yeah, good, yeah. and the last two have been pretty good. and uh, rise of the beasts yeah you know just kind of across the board you just sort of look at at you know the demographic that wants these themes and it's these guys you know again late 40s early 50s that 1985 stuff just hits us right in the face you know because it was the stuff that we loved when we were like 10 11 years old Right. And and you just, you know, and some of it stood the test of time again. You know, what other generation has franchises that started 40 years ago that are still just trucking along as strongly, you know, their kids and their kids, kids are watching their version of Optimus Prime fight their version of Megatron now or they're watching their version of He-Man. Ghostbusters, right. Yeah. Well, Ghostbusters, I think, is kind of an anomaly to that, though. Right. Because they keep trying new versions of Ghostbusters and they sort of tank. But when they bring yeah. something back that ties to our version of Ghostbusters, it does okay. Because right. everybody to 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 the world, like it's it's got to be Vankman, Stance, uh, Egon, and Winston. It has to be. Like right. you know, yeah. they tried they to have the, a hand in it, right? They tried the Chickbusters, right? They did they did like a new team, you know, new team Chickbusters that Egon <laughs> was in was in the. Was was involved in, and I think it did okay back in like the '90s. But like, yeah, Ghostbusters is like there is no new version of Venkman. Venkman is, is nope. Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah, you so know. true. Just like there won't be a new version of Indiana Jones. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Right. And, you know that's Harrison Ford. They can try to do it, but like the the movie going public, I think you know, short of bringing River Phoenix back from the dead somehow. You're not going to give them a a second Indiana Jones that they'll approve of. 
Right. Right. You, so. you know, a theme I, I, when you guys are talking about it, that I thought of that I would love to see redone because you look at the theme. I love the theme, but the original game just really disappointed a lot of people. Is Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, I don't okay. know why anybody would be disappointed by that game because that game is fucking great. It's I, it's not bad. It's not a bad game. It is a it's not wonderful a game. game. It's it's a decent game. I mean, it's, I still own one. It's, it's got great shots. It's got spectacular theming. The theming in that is that's what I'm talking about. I think and the with, problem with Rocky and Bullwinkle as a theme is is like there's you and me and six other people who like it. And it's like what we're talking about with Looney Tunes. It's so ahead of its time. And there was so many layers to those cartoons of the humor that, you know, a six-year-old could watch it and laugh because it was funny. But, you know, the six-year-old's grandparents could watch it and laugh about the Cold War innuendo, you know. And And uh, that's that's exactly it. It didn't endure like Looney Tunes did because I think it was a little bit more topical. Of the That's era right. that it was made, more like in. a sitcom, more like a sitcom. That's a very good point, like, Dan. You go back now and you watch like old Rocky and Bullwinkles, and you're just sort of like, "All right, so we got some spies, and we yeah. got a moose and a squirrel. What does this all mean?" But if you live through that, you understand what the spies and what what Rocky and what Bullwinkle represent. You know, and Jay Ward. Like that dude was a genius. Like, oh yeah, that dude was was a creative genius, and that's why to me when they made Rocky and Bullwinkle, it was in the '90s, and they were really pushing hard for a Rocky and Bullwinkle revival. I'm sure you guys remember that they did a live action movie. Yeah, yep, they were probably mm-hmm. some sort of new TV series, and they did that pinball machine, and it just tanked because the '90s were not ready for Rocky and Bullwinkle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if anybody will ever be ready for Rocky and Bullwinkle again. You know, it's just it's it's a great it's a great thing that like people of a specific age. I always look back at Rocky and Bullwinkle and being cool because I always felt like it was probably a TV show that really wasn't meant for me. It was very subversive. But I would I got off on it, especially yeah, yeah. like, uh, you know, because the shows had the little episodes. So it's like mm-hmm. you have the Rocky and Bullwinkle show and then you'd have the Sherman and Peabody and. You know, it was, you know, very much had the, it had the janitor pushing the cart and you just, you'd always remember that. And the game did such a good job of putting all those little things in there. Have you ever shopped a Rocky and Bullwinkle? Did you say shot or shopped? Shopped. Like, <laughs> shopped out. Yeah, yeah, I played it a bunch. Yeah. Have you, have you taken one apart though? No. It's got, it's got graphics hidden under the plastics. Oh, really? It does, huh? It's got, it's got a back to the future reference in it. It's got a Jurassic Park reference in it. Oh, wow. Like the dudes, somebody at Data East fucking loved Rocky and Bullwinkle. And they like really went off on that. Game <laughs> when they made it. And yeah, I, I had one. I sold it so that I could buy No Fear. And I, I, I got it basically for oh, wow. free. I did some work for a guy. And really, it's one of those games that I'm always like, oh, man, you know, I would love to find another cheap one. Because I really do think it's a cool game that's worth keeping around. But I, I also agree with you from the standpoint that, like, as a game itself, it's maybe not God's gift to machines. It's, you know, it's a 90s day to East. But, you know, for something that was basically, right. you know, $2,000, mm-hmm. $2,500. I thought of one that will be the next generation. 
the next generation that, you know, like we're all, you know, when we were kids, oh, this is what we watch. I wouldn't doubt it if one of these days, who knows, maybe 10 years from now, SpongeBob will be a pinball machine for that, those kids when that grew up with that. Bro, SpongeBob is 30 one. years old, man. Yeah. How SpongeBob, have they not is, is it 30 years old? pinball machine already? I know. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I, I didn't watch it, uh, but I know it was very popular. It still is. Still is pretty popular. So, yeah. Yeah, SpongeBob is huge. Well, and yeah. you know, if you do it right now or very soon, you get all the voice actors. I mean, they're all still alive, you know? Yeah, true. Which, which mm. I looked at Frank Welker, over 800 character voices to his credit. Wow. I know. So he was like Mel Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, SpongeBob's a fantastic idea for a team. Yeah. And it's universally, okay, you can have somebody that's older than us, but they had kids in the 80s or, or well, in the 90s and go, oh, yeah, I know SpongeBob. Everybody mm-hmm. knows SpongeBob. You know what I mean? As well as that's another one you guys bring up. I was thinking about, but I don't want to segue you yet. So, no, great idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, came, just came to SpongeBob, me. But I know about SpongeBob. Right. Yeah. We all, well, yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't grow up with it myself, but I grew up, you know, with my daughter, you know, with Hannah, you know. Um, yeah. When our kids watched and then, it. Yeah. And then Seth and Mickey and Malcolm. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Another I one. That, when I was in what, late 20s, I think SpongeBob was kind of like, it was still like, I don't think it was new, but it was still like a thing that grown ups were talking about SpongeBob. Yeah, because that's it was, another cartoon it, it, that appeals to both kids and grown-ups and adults. Yeah, that's a theme that it's almost crazy that yeah you haven't seen a Stern or a JJP get on that because that feels like it would be a a, a big winner among yeah that that forty fifties demographic. <laughs> right, and you can imagine Patrick the starfish <laughs> extra ball. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. Yep. laughs> Right. Yep. I mean, yep. I I do that voice at all well, but you get the idea. You could you have it in your mind's eye with Patrick, you know, gig or you know, kind of chuckling, extra ball, you know, I'm wearing underwear, you know, kind of thing. I mean, I think I've probably such, seen one episode of that show ever. I, I've seen a few, but I'm still, like I said, I'm still aware. Well, I don't have kids either, so I didn't have to. Mr. I didn't have to Mr. endure it, but you'd have to endure yeah, it. Yeah, I still exactly. know that it exists, and I still know that like that is the kind of like franchise that it's like kind of crazy that you've never seen any of these companies decide. Okay, yeah, you know, SpongeBob is is you know going to be the next big thing. In yeah, when Malcolm was little, um, we go to one of my cousins who's a vegetarian. And she'd have like veggie burgers. He called them Krabby Patties. And to this <laughs> day, my cousins that are vegetarians still, they don't even say veggie burger anymore. They don't say Boca burger. They're, they're fucking Krabby Patties. That's all they call them now. Because <laughs> Malcolm started calling them Krabby Patties. Because oh, he could not even at like seven years old call them in good conscience, call them a hamburger because hamburgers are made from cows. That's a Krabby mm-hmm. Patty. So... Um, shouldn't yeah, hamburgers this, be made from pigs? What's that? So shouldn't hamburgers be made from pigs? Well, they should, you know. Yeah. Ham hamburgers. That's right. <laughs> We've had this debate, I think, once over the years. I don't know. Uh, it feels like something that we probably talked about. You, you know, know another great Krabby Patties because they made them upset. They made them crabby. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, but so yeah. So, but uh, and, and also, and uh, he's he's upstairs. But uh, in his stocking, every year 
he gets the gummy crabby patty candies and we had to look around for him. I found it took me a few minutes, but I found them this year. So, so every year he gets those little gummy crabby patties in the stocking. So yeah, I mean, it has a huge appeal and it's got, like you said, Dan, it's got 30 ish plus years of being a, 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 a team. It, literally everybody. Yeah. Why this hasn't been a theme yet. I never thought about it, Mark, but why has, I haven't. I know it just came to me. I don't know why well, we were talking about cartoons. When you mentioned like, that, cause I've been dude. watching cause it's the holidays, you know, so I've been watching all the peanuts cartoons again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Great Pumpkin, Thanksgiving, and uh, I haven't watched the Christmas one yet, but it's on my list to do this week because um, I have my list, you know, that I go through every year. And, and that's another thing because, well, because I, I don't know who's putting this out, but have you guys been getting ads like on your Facebook or just in the internet in general for uh, the uh, the uh, digital, you know, the, the digital pinball machines that got, they're, they're doing another attack for Mars one. You know, with, with no. the skin, yeah. And then somebody, I don't know, said company's doing a peanut skinned one. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, why in the name of God has somebody not done a peanuts pinball? That's another universal theme. Everybody on the fucking planet knows who peanuts is, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. do not as popular about though. peanuts. Like they did a peanuts movie a few years ago and it was cute. Like I watched this the CGI movie. Yeah. But yeah, peanuts is a peanuts is a weird thing. Like it's definitely a cultural touchstone. It's weird though because like the thing about peanuts that I'm sure that you remember and I'm sure Mark kind of remembers but you probably don't remember until you look back on it is like there is an immense amount of peanuts content out there. Oh yeah. Like that franchise, you know, you're like, oh, well, Peanuts is a difficult license and the creator died and he had very specific roles. But I'm like, uh, uh-uh. it wasn't like Calvin and Hobbes where like Bill Waterston's like, you can't make Calvin and Hobbes anything like mm-hmm. they've made Peanuts everything. I had a Peanuts electric toothpaste, toothbrush when I was a kid. You know, man. the easiest topper ever would be just throw a Snoopy snow cone machine on top. Of yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Well, that's what I'm thinking. You should know what the Snoopy snow cone machine that. is, bro. You, you do. Oh, my, my God. I was going to say that. machine topper, and it works. <laughs> no, but seriously, think about that. You bring up a great point, like Snoopy, because I've been listening to the Christmas music station, you know, all day in my truck. And they, they're constantly playing that one with Snoopy and the Red Baron, you know, at Christmas. And yeah. I'm thinking, what a great idea. Because, no, you can have the Red Baron and, you know, the Sopworth Camel and, you know, Snoopy. And, and They did that with Zen. Zen Pinball has a digital version of Okay, of, that's probably what they're using is the skin. Because they got the, the little. Uh, Snoopy, they call it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, think about it. You have, and you have, and, and like Dan says, you know, if you go back, it's like, okay, everybody knows the main ones. I just mentioned the main cartoons. But there's like, uh, there's like, you know, there, every holiday, think of man, it's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. Hand to God. I'm You're pretty not sure. kidding. That, that exists. That exists. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Arbor Day. Go it's, on. Like, I watched a thing, and I think it was like two hours long, where like some guy watched every Everyone. I was watching that. Show. And like yeah. some of them, you're just like, like it's too topical, right? Like it's Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown. Like right. that's something that could only have come out the year that like Flash Dance came out. <laughs> and then the only people who know about it are people who know what the fuck Flash Dance well, is. Well, there's like there's like three or four Christmas. I think I know for sure there's three different Christmas. There's the original Charlie Brown Christmas, which was the very first animated cartoon that they did for Peanuts. And then later on, they redid it, and then they redid it a third time, where it was like more. Mod- it wasn't 
Yeah, it was more modern. They redid it. They just did like it's Christmas time again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's see, like, is the mm-hmm. Christmas, you know, to completely derail because we've gone off a of pinball theme so hard. Is the Christmas one the best or is the best one? It's the Great Pumpkin because it's clearly the Great Pumpkin. Oh, yeah. It's the Great Pumpkin is the best one out of all of them. That's or the Thanksgiving one where he opinion. makes like toast and jelly beans and popcorn. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody freaks out. That one's great. My favorite, my favorite part of that where they're singing, they're on the way to grandma's because like, hey, I got all these friends here and they're mad as hell and they're hungry. Oh, bring them along. Great. So they're in the back of the station wagon and they're singing over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. And of course, Charlie Brown has to completely sink that battleship with, but my grandmother lives in a condominium. <laughs> it's like, hey, Chuck, oh, Chuck, funny. shut the hell up. Okay. You know? <laughs> So, that's no, you know, and that the debate of Great Pumpkin versus Charlie Brown Christmas, which one's actually better? Okay, like if you look at and the, and the guy, the same guy, I think, uh, Dan, that did the documentary thing or the, you know, I watched every single Peanuts special ever. And here's my thoughts. Um, in Charlie Brown Christmas, Linus is like the wise one who knows he knows the true story of Christmas. And he's like seems to be the only cat in the whole film that gets it. <laughs> and then you get over to Great Pumpkin, and he's this chowderhead believing in the fucking Great Pumpkin and conning Sally to give up candy to oh, come out and wait funny. for the Great Pumpkin to get all the goodies. And she gets totally burned, and he's out there looking like a knob, you know, like a little cult, <laughs> like cult leader with no following, you know. And uh, but no, oh, it's funny. Yeah, it's true though. It's like, what are you doing, man? There's no Great Pumpkin. You're an idiot. <laughs> So, oh, that's funny. You know, and uh, well, I, I know uh, we talked about theme a lot, and this might add a couple more minutes or who knows. Go. But as far as music goes, I know Spencer, you and I are both waiting for it. Maybe even you too, Dan. When is a Van Halen pinball machine Fucking coming a. out? Come on. When is it coming out? So many good songs from them. Of course, they probably have to get it's, licensed. It's with never coming Lee. out. It's never coming out because the Van Halens are jerks. No, because Ross yeah. is an asshole. Honestly, See, Wolfgang sounds like he's a really good kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like I listened to one of his interviews where he was talking about his band and, you know, the legacy and, and you know, dad and Uncle Alex and all that. But, yeah, the Van Halen rights are not going to be. That's the problem, right? Uh, it's the Van Halen rights. So I guess we're going to get Journey is what I'm hearing for rumors. Yeah. Which is awesome too. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to have Van Halen. I don't know, man. I like Journey probably as much as the next guy, but like I can't see there being a Journey pinball machine. Yeah. Well, if you there remember, was a video game. There was a video game. <laughs> or, there, there was, was a, a video, video game, game in like 1982. And that was terrible. Okay. I, it was kind of, I mean, it was the first usage of digitized graphics. That's true. Game. It did have the their heads in there. And yeah. it had an that's 8-track true. player. I was going to say, that that's what I was going to bring. It still had mode. an 8-track for the for the. Oh, it had an 8-track. I just yeah. did, Spencer. No, that's why I was going to bring up that point. You beat me to it. You know so, what's yeah. awesome about Spencer is it's not that he's trying to be rude. It's that he's so excited to say something that he, he has to say it when I'm fucking talking. No, no, no. I, I, you beat me to it. But no, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I was just excited. I have like 50 hours of audio of you doing this to me. I know. I'm sorry. No, but I was excited you brought it up because I, I had that on my in my mind. Like, hey, there's a weird trivial point about that. Because that's what they right, but do. I was saying that weird trivial point when you made it. I know, but, no, but like you beat me to it. So see, we're on the same page. No, but that used to be a thing with uh, all the old um, electromechanical, like the gun games and stuff. The soundtrack. Do you know was, the 
Do you know the other Bally Williams game that had an eight track in it to play the game soundtrack? I do not. It's called no. Two Tigers. And oh, it really? plays like Dude. it plays like war music. And it's like this really cheesy little game where you're like dropping bombs on on ships. Like, look it up on YouTube or something. And you're like, this is an arcade game. <laughs> it looks like an Atari 2600 game, but it was super fun. That's cool. I know that um, Chicago Coin had the one of my favorite, um, I guess you could say, electromechanical game, which was Junkyard. And they had a eight track that was doing the sound of like the junkyard and oh, yeah. the machinery and stuff. Yeah. So it could loop. You have the little metal um, cars that you pick up with a crane. I love that game. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it was so freaking really hard cool too. one to have in a game room. What's the, I know. You know it, they're so hard to find. They're hard to find. You know, Grinkers you remember had the one toy, of those. Clyde's Car Crusher? Yes. I'm shocked because I thought I was the only person who remembered that. Do you remember that, Spencer? I don't. So you I would, love the car it, crusher it came thing. With, it came with like a little mold and you would take a piece of tinfoil and you would smush and it basically make like a car-shaped shell. I remember that now. Then you put it on the conveyor belt and, and you, you turn the crank and it crushes it into a little tiny cube. <laughs> I, 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 and then I had it and I thought it was the greatest thing except for the fact that my folks were too cheap to buy me tinfoil so I could play with it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said junkyard and you're moving little cars i'm like oh fuck clyde's car crusher that's the theme man clyde's car crusher the pinball machine <laughs> clyde's car i would crusher. pay any price well you know what would be great is you know just i feel re- like oh go sorry spencer go ahead bro okay no no um retheme um what's it has the car crusher in it sort of uh street fighter retheme street fighter yeah, don't retheme Street Fighter. <laughs> like, make a new Street Fighter game that doesn't suck. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't like that game. Like, here's at the all. thing: for $1,500, Street Fight, Gottlieb Street Fighter 2 is rad. But yeah. Like, for, you know, what pinball machines cost now? No. When I, funny story, when I got my Rocky and Bullwinkle from the guy, I was originally doing the work for a Gottlieb Street Fighter. And I ended up saying, hey, can I take the Rocky and Bullwinkle instead? And he said, sure. Good choice. Oh, yeah, much better game, right? Like, how are you hate not Street make, Fighter. How are you not going to make that choice? You, you literally hate it. It's that bad. Yeah, I, I didn't mean, like it that much. It. Like, I don't think it's terrible. It's got that '90s Gottlieb flavor. It's okay. You yeah, know, the it's more not my that favorite. You think about this, though. Think about it this way, right? So, is it a good game? Yes, no, maybe, but it's different. Yeah, you don't see it in a lot of people's collections, and you know, again, for a one for a one game guy, like maybe you don't have the luxury of buying something just because it's weird and different. But you know, I find myself like going to places that have big collections. I'm like, oh, great, Medieval, Attack from Mars, Circus Voltaire, all the new Sterns. I've played these all a million times. Oh, fucking Street Fighter, man! <laughs> I'm definitely playing that. <laughs> oh dude right. you've got a you've got a no fear i gotta put some games through that oh stargate <laughs> like i find myself gravitated towards like the b and the c games that you just nobody has yeah that's true yeah you know I you have a point there as a collector you know eventually it's just like you you can play all the popular stuff to death but you know some of those weird like off titles the ones that you're dying to get rid of when you first have them because it's such a shitty game and you just really want an attack from mars 
Now it's like, well, everyone's got attack from Mars. I know five people with an attack from Mars. I know zero people with a Street Fighter 2. Except for Jack. Jack probably had one somewhere. (laughs) Adam had one for a short time, didn't he? Like a real short time? That dude also has a complete wall of Gottlieb. So he he definitely loves games that nobody else has. Like, In fact, I think that for Adam, that's kind of his tenant for collecting. Yeah. He probably doesn't want it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, another game that the theme j- just like I'm blank on it. Like why? But I love the gameplay and I love the layout. Uh, Mario Andretti. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet Fast, in Europe that theme game. plays big. And if you look, I bet oh, they released yeah, it yeah. at the same or, or, time. Yeah, in Europe and then amongst people that are into racing. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, I'm probably wrong because Mario Andretti didn't drive Formula One, did he? He drove Indy. So they don't do Indy racing in Europe. But I bet no, you no, that it came wait. out right around the same time no, as no, Indianapolis right. Indy. 500. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, isn't Indy, isn't, isn't that Formula One? I thought it was. Or is it just open wheel? No, no Formula One even, is Indy. Yeah. They're not even remotely the same thing. Formula One. Well, they're not. Well, you would know because you have, you have an Indy 500, so. Well, yeah, let me let me explain. So Formula One, we'll have to get Scott Busey on here to, to lay it out, but I'll give it to you. Formula One is is track racing, right? So there's okay. curves and, and, and stuff like that. Indy is basically NASCARs, but open wheel. Like they race on ovals hmm. and they go incredibly fast. Okay. The driving is not nearly as technical. It's okay. much, so it's very dangerous. It rides on a regular street, like the one in Vegas they just has. Is that Formula One? Well, that's Formula One. Okay. Okay. Because then, and they race like in Italy and they, or Monaco and they race through the streets of the city. Yeah. They race all over the place. But Indy cars, you know, they're called Indy cars because of Indianapolis. Right. Okay, so, so it's, they're not it's the a same. much more, yeah, it's a much more American oh, kind of race. I did not know this. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Thanks cars, for that tidbit. Yeah, the cars look similar, but they're the Formula One cars are a magnitude of of complexity uh, over the Indy cars. Indy cars are basically oh. light. They have big wings, so they stick to the track. They have giant tires, and they go in circles. Okay. And I think Interesting. if I'm correct, I think Mario Andretti was a super famous indie like indie car driver. Right. He well, was. I don't know if not even yeah. being relevant in Europe. But like in Europe, for example, they have Grand Prix. Right. You know, which is kind of their generic well, it's it's yeah. their version of our NASCAR. Right. So they might have something similar to that. But okay. yeah. Yeah, Scott Buse is a big uh racing fan, isn't he? Oh dude, he's that dude's like a legit racing fan. I actually met his I met his buddy uh at uh Pinagogo Don and and Don's like his his racing benefactor and yeah those guys oh, okay. like you know and it's it's real racing for them yeah like I might be like oh yeah racing like NASCAR and then they like slap me in the face like no real racing yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. real cars but no I mean I don't know if we proved anything with this talk about themes but like you know I did ask the web page if anybody had anything to say about themes and nobody really did but you know, I think to sum it up, I mean, obviously themes are are the driving force of 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 pinball right now. I think, you know, you want a theme that people want to buy, you want a theme that people want to give a chance to. It's really hard to win with a game like Black Knight, 
you know, which is hard and a theme that nobody knows. But, you know, if you stuck Rick and Morty on it, you know, everybody would want it. Anyone else have anything else to say about I didn't ask the question. <laughs> We've been talking yeah. about a question. Why is there this big why, yeah, why is there a black knight in a Rick and Morty game? But no, I you know. <laughs> um, no, you make well, great no, you would have point. You would rethink that. It'd be like Rick in a mech suit. <laughs> okay. And he would be even he'd be even more of an asshole. There you go. No, you bring a gate point. There was a time when, like, uh, you know, non-licensed, you know, original IPs were super hot. And it's nice to see that, you know, they, they are making a slight comeback, but but licensed teams are still killing it, you know? There was a time when every other pinball machine was about billiards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And cards. Yeah. Billiards and yeah, cards. Yeah. cards. Yeah. Bar themes, or right? Or soccer. Yeah. You yeah. know, or Cowboys. Well, let's have a video game theme pinball machine come on we gotta get one of those too and we had a super mario but what's what's mm. the one that they just made a tv show i think a fallout we've had mario we've had street fighter oh yeah fallout would be huge like dudes like will would like love that yeah oh fallout yeah yeah too many there's that's the problem there's too many themes (laughs) Right. Well, <laughs> you gotta like, pick one it's like lately we've seen themes that have been redone because well like ninja turtles was a great example people are like man i love ninja turtles but the original game and yeah, left a lot to be desired and then they came out with another one you know that's why i mentioned rocking and bowling I, looney tunes you know i mean because everybody goes god i want a looney tunes game well you know there's birthday bass like no i want a good looney tunes game and they're delivering it finally like, yeah, yeah i'm i've been waiting for this for a long time a too people have you know yep so especially if you if you need a family theme or you want a family theme, something where the kids can play with the grandparents, you know, because you're not really going to give them Perfect. Rob Zombie, you know. No. So. Grandma absolutely loves. Uh, was it like Thunder Kiss 75? Dracula. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Grandma loves it when Rob Zombie calls her a chicken fucker. Yeah, yeah. Rob Zombie doesn't call her that. Captain Spaulding does. Oh, Captain Spaulding. Pardon me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, guys. So we have no, but these are all yeah. great points. So we have well, we have a topic. So we got anything else to say about themes? <laughs> I, no, we're good. No, no, I'm, I'm good now. Forever, but, yeah. No, no. We could we could, we could go on ad nauseum. Well, you know it's really funny. I listened to the last. And final, we have. We have. I was listening to the last final round podcast, and they made sure to do an entire episode. And I'm listening to the episodes. I'm working and driving, and I'm like, they're not talking about pinball at all. They get to the end of the episode. And like two hour episode or whatever. And they're like, yep, we did a whole episode. Didn't talk about pinball one bit. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, at least we're talking about pinball. So, I bet we um, so, so we're going to talk about all the games that have came out this year, 2023, and that have actually shipped games. Cause well, we're going to list in- them, right? We're not going to talk about them. I don't think we have that kind of time. We're not, we're just going to go over them and we're going to ask our, our listeners, our audience, Go on our Facebook page, like us, follow us. Yeah, we're going to talk about them next episode. The, the, we're talk about them next episode, but I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a list, and we'll put it on our Facebook page. Give us so, a list. Give us put a it list. on the okay. Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So from Stern Pinball, they came out with Foo Fighters, Venom, and 007's 60th anniversary. The regular James Bond was actually 
2022, but the 007's 60th anniversary game wasn't released until 2023. So Foo Fighters, Venom, 007. Um, weird, huh? So they only came out with yeah. two cornerstones this year. Um, and then uh, from Jersey Jack, they got two games out this year shipped because they are how shipping. Many, how many done. shipped uh, Elton yet? They're, they're starting to ship, yeah. Okay. And uh, Godfather, of course. Um, from Spooky, we got Scooby-Doo. From uh, American, we got a Galactic Tank Force. Game of the year. And <laughs> most likely. And then from, please don't let me get this wrong, Barrels of Fun. Yep. We have That's right. Labyrinth, because Labyrinths have shipped. There are some on location. So those are what's out there. If I missed one, man, you know what, man, I got a life too. So I, I don't think I missed anything. I really don't think I missed anything. I kept thinking with Stern, it's like, because I originally wrote down um, James was Bond. Queen, and was Queen this year or was Queen I last know, year? No, it wasn't. And I looked. I double-checked that. It was It was actually 2022. They may not have actually shipped it until 2023, but according to uh, Pinside, it's a 2022 release. And I'm going off Pinside. So if they're wrong, not my fault. Yeah. Pinside's fault. Just like everything in this hobby these days. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Now, and I did not, I actually wrote down, right? I wrote down Pulp Fiction, but then Dan and I, before Showtime talked, and he goes, "Uh, they haven't shipped those at all yet. I'm like, okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure, but so I scratched it off. So, so Foo Fighters Venom, 007 60th anniversary, Godfather, Elton John, Galactic Tank Force, Scooby Doo, and Labyrinth. And I didn't, add in any of the ones that were like like the blood red kiss albira because it's just it's just another reissue of a game that already existed it has to be new yeah. to this year it has to be new to 2023 so i think that's fair so those are the choices we'll put them on our facebook page you vote on them you tell us the listener what you think is the best game of 2023 or just listen to dan because he's right and uh put down the game of the year sorry i have to add one uh p3 um final resistance oh final resistance resistance? yes there's one thank you okay p3 p okay we'll add that thank you thank you mark p3 final Mm -hmm. resistance you know they've got that as a giveaway on uh project pinball right now cool a P3 with Final Resistance? Okay, was that released in 23? Oh, yeah, because we went to uh, uh, Golden State was 2023 in May, and we and we played it there. Yep, and they're shipping. They and shipping. hopefully, Dan, you'll be getting yours eventually. I still I haven't heard, nothing heard but anything. Good things about it now that they've fixed stuff. I haven't heard anything stuff. from Multimorphic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan's Multimorphic update. Yeah. He pre-orders stuff, and Multimorphic never, ever calls him. <laughs> They're like, thank you for your money, loser. <laughs> yeah. Are they are they still doing um weird owls as well? Yeah, you can still they, get weird they, I, they, you they can still get any those. of the modules, I think. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure. Huh. Okay. Wow. I haven't really kept They're up lately. It anyway. I get a lot of ads for it, even it's though our I busy one. season. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, you think about something. You don't even say it out loud, and then ads show up on your, you know, homepage feed. You're like, they're reading my mind. You know, I got to get my tinfoil hat. My favorite one still was when somebody in Pinball League 
was it our dear friend Henry's and and put dildos on the shopping list on uh, on um, Alexa. Alexa, thank you. I don't want any of that stuff in my house because I've seen all the Terminator movies. So no, I'm not kidding. I, and it's so goddamn ironic. When I was a kid, you own a smartphone. I didn't kill though, to have a house. I do have a smartphone. That's that's enough. And I I don't trust that fucking thing. Okay, I like I will beat that to death with a hammer. Gives me any back talk. Um, no, but you know, as a child, I, I dreamt of the day when science fiction would become real. And I would have a house that talked to me and I could talk to it, you know, and it's like, you know, turn on the lights, you know, and, and then, and then like demolition man, illuminate, deluminate. I'm like, Oh, that'd be so cool. And then here we are where I can have that stuff readily, you know? And I'm like, I don't want that shit in my house. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So crazy world we live in. Um, Yep. So I think that's it. Thank you, Mark, for adding the P3. And sure. uh, um, no, nah, it's just, uh, it's been an interesting year for pinball. And there'll be a lot more exciting things in 2024. Yeah, there will. Especially we're all waiting on the new next turn game. What Should is it going to, to be? Everything that hmm. was announced this year. Yes. Correct. <laughs> I can't wait to play Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Hopefully, hopefully it comes to 2024. Well, uh, oh, uh, is it um, is it Dutch Pinball getting ready to announce a new game? Yes, that's what I heard. Only took them eleven years. Yeah. Oh, I guess they're finally done producing uh, uh, Big Lebowski. Which, if we back to the theming, that was a game that the, the theming was very well done. Absolutely. So, are we up to uh, shout outs and thank yous? We should be by now. Right, I was just, you know, it's really funny because we're like, oh man, this guy, Mark, hey, Mark's, it's the beginning of Mark's, hey, this is going to be a really quick episode. I'm like, no, we'll find something to talk no. about. <laughs> Two hours and 22 minutes in. <laughs> so you can have some editing to do, pal. Um, yep, I am. Well, I'm going to shout out to uh, Kendra for really cracking the whip and bringing it home for you guys at, uh, at uh, the Capital Quarter of Pinball League Lodi section. Good for her. You know, it's nice to see her really coming into her own. That's know? awesome. She's, yeah. yeah, she's That'd doing really great. cool. Good job, Kendra. Yeah. And, and Alex, of course, you know, winning another one. Well, it's Alex. And then, you know, Adam taking third, you know, and Cheddar, bless his heart, to our shout out to our own Cheddar for taking the B division. Cheddar's consistent. He's one of those guys where it's like when you go up against Cheddar, because he's always, he always plays well. You know, mm-hmm. and he always makes you laugh and makes you lose focus too. So, you know, he's just <laughs> such a, such a, he's such a jovial, outgoing, funny guy, you know, so. Well, he uh, didn't play well the other day. And that's how he ended up with the B division trophy. Now, what is that? Said <laughs> he didn't play well the other day. That's how he ended up with the B division uh, trophy. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So, well, okay. Because I had the opportunity a few seasons ago when I was still living there to take you out, Dan. Because I'd taken out Michael Hozier, I'd taken out Adam, I believe, and I was up to you. And I just choked. And you were on that day. In fact, that was a day you won, I believe. Yep, that was my best day of pinball ever. And and you know, and like I said, I it was down to you and me in the finals. I where like I was like because I took I no, I it take, was me and Rick in the finals. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was like I took fourth or third. That I think I took fourth that day. Yeah, because I think Chris Bright was third. 
Yeah. And yeah. And, and I lost to you. And uh, cause you were on fire, man. You were unbeatable that day. And uh, that feels so good. Yeah. I, have, oh, I, I don't know. I have so many shout outs. Um, I used to be so good at pinball. I don't know what happened. I'm so <laughs> bad now. <laughs> well, you know what it is, is like, you know, bringing up like Kendra uh, and other people too that are newer to the league. You see them come in. And so it will, I always, always really enjoy to see somebody come in brand new and they were relatively or absolutely new to pinball. And, and they come in and they, they, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't post real high, but they had a good time. And then you see him by the second or third team, you see him progressing to the where the point like, hey, you made the finals. That's awesome. You know, and like, oh, wow. You know, and they'd be like at the bottom of the finals, you know, like if it was 14 slots, they'd be like at 13 or 14. But they make it into the into the A division finals. You know, like, hey, man, good for you. Good job. You played really good. And they might have a night where they place in the top three. You know, and you're like, man, you're really improving. And then to see him actually take home a trophy, it's like, good for you, man. And then the next thing you know, it's like, damn, they're a powerhouse now. You know, they're tough to beat. And this is not nice a dig on him. Kendra because uh-huh. she is legit. Like, she has been getting better. I've watched her progress. I've watched her move up the rankings. Yeah. But no, I am worse. <laughs> like she didn't, she didn't, you know, she didn't not beat me. She definitely beat me. And she beat me on, on games that I chose. I was driving the bus, but she, she has gotten a lot better, but man, I do not know what's happened. <laughs> I need to practice or something. I think I need to update my prescription. Maybe if I could see the ball. <laughs> that would help. Yeah, yeah. That would help. But yeah, no. Yeah. No, it's funny we talk about that. Is I I uh I had to go for a physical a year and a half ago and uh I'd take an eye test. And I've been wearing readers for some time. And like I failed the eye test, like you gotta go get prescription, you know, lenses, man. You know. And I had no idea. And I was like joking around with everybody because pretty much true like i've been for like before that for like the last four or five years i'd literally been driving around like mr magoo no fucking idea i was that blind and uh I'm joking with people okay like you know driving down the road going hey hon look a petty zoo and it's like spencer that's a car wash you asshole you know oh okay uh, you know i was that blind i had no idea right and it's like shit i can see now good lord yeah, because I just use the readers, you know, and because uh, like, well, I got to read, I got to read, you know, script or documents or whatever. It's like I put on my reading glasses. But when I was driving, it was just like, you know, no, nah, no big deal. I'm like, holy shit, I can see now because I can't because all the time I was missing fucking like freeway off ramps and shit because I didn't see the sign. And I just thought, man, no big deal, you know, but yeah, it's a big deal. So, yeah, get your eyes checked. There's my PSA for the day, kids. <laughs> you know, get your eyes checked frequently. How to win at pinball. Be <laughs> able to see the ball. Yeah, get your prescription updated, Dan. <laughs> you know, see the I ball need now. to, man. I'm not even joking. So no, you really should. Because yeah. you that might that might be part of it. So well, yeah. I'll be better at soldering. I just don't even try that. I gotta get some work done on a couple of boards. I'm just gonna send them out. I gotta get a hold of Rob Anthony and say, hey, here's what I got going on. <laughs> so, Beyond Kendra, shout out to all our wonderful listeners. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just, I really got nothing, man. Um, you know, I mean, not that our listeners are nothing, all 28 of them. No, you guys are great. Thank you for all the support. 
It's been a it's been a good year for pinball, and 2024 looks to be a better year. I so think we're I'm up to like 90 fans on the Facebook now. I know. I'm, Ooh, you know, nice. Yeah. So I, those are my shout outs and thank yous, and thank you to you guys. Thank you to Dan for putting up with my excitement when I interrupt him, and it wasn't because I was trying to interrupt you. I was just really excited that somebody else actually remembered that about no, that think- game. Because it's so no, obs- no, I figure that out. Just knock it off. I will knock it off. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> no, but I did because like, like that game's from like '81, right? '81, '82. It's an old game, man. So I mean, I was like <laughs> a sophomore in high school when that came out. So you were what, damn, like sixth grade? When you were a sophomore in high school, I'll be surprised if I was born. No, but you knew, but you knew <laughs> that about that game, and you what, never. What seen year those. is? What year is it? What year were you a sophomore in high school? '82. So I was seven. Tenth oh, uh, grade. Tenth grade. I was I was six. I was six to seven years old in eighty two. Yeah, but you I'm, know about that. You knew I'm about sorry, that. I know about that. I'm a giant dork. Well, you are. You are. <laughs> but yeah. But no. But but no. But because because of the era, it, came, it was so funny because, it, like you said, it was the first game with digitized, like actual photos of people. Yeah, that's you know, like the characters in the game. I'm a giant dork. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You are. So it's so funny because you got this new modern technology. It's like, yeah, but we're still using an A track for the music, and it's like that's just that's just it's it's ironic, you know. And that's an interesting because yeah, you couldn't put a you couldn't put more than a couple seconds of digitized speech in the game because it took so much memory. and Memory was expensive. Can I do my shout outs now? Yes, I'd like to do a shout out to Spencer. I think yeah. Spencer is a wonderful dude and he tolerates, he tolerates a lot of abuse from me specifically with tremendous humor. And I know he's looking for this to turn into a burn, but it won't. Thank you. Spencer. <laughs> um, thanks to Mark, you know, and, and, you know, for, for, he's the one who's going to take this giant pile of rambling and turn it into something that resembles a cohesive episode. Hopefully he'll cut out half the times I yelled at Spencer. So I don't seem like a complete butthole. Um, thanks to the CCPL crew, all the players, um, all, all the admin, all the management, uh, Congratulations to uh, Eric Neff Cheddar, who's taking over as the Lodi manager from me next season. Thank you for doing that. So I can hopefully enjoy pinball again. And thank you to my optometrist who, after I go see you in a couple of weeks, hopefully uh, I can win a pinball again. There you go. <laughs> go get a Mark. That's awesome. Uh, my shout out is to you guys for having a really fun 2023 year with the spinners lit. Uh, just really fun. Not only that, but also outside of it, just coming to visit you, Dan and, and, uh, you know, chat back and forth and keep this friendship. It's really nice to, to hang out, be on, you know, have a podcast and talk about all the stuff we're all passionate about. Uh, but most importantly, just our really great friendship between the three of us. Um, Spencer, thanks for starting this podcast from the beginning. I mean, you started it solo and, it's it's come out to be a, a great uh, a great show that uh, hoping more and more people listen to because it's it's kind of off we kind of go off of the rails but that makes it unique so shout out to you guys shout out to to Ted for having us have this team league format for our first year or first season to try it out and see how it went uh, there were a couple bugs we had to work out in the beginning but. We really got it smoothed out and I'm sure he's going to add a little more improvement for next season, but overall 
what a great concept to be able to play against different teams instead of playing as a single person against everybody else. So um, I'm excited for that to continue and keep growing. Maybe we'll get up to eight or even 10 teams now. Um, but yeah, the, the pinball scene is growing leaps and bound here. And um, thanks to Ted, as well as uh, also can't forget Jim for all his effort he's put in for 2023 to get as many Whopper points as we can get for the tournaments that he holds, as well as Cody, who has his. And now we also have Tony in Incline Village that holds tournaments. So it's a lot of work and we appreciate you hosting those events. Um, so here's to 2024 to have a really great pinball year and be more and more excited about what we all love. Here, here. Well said, gentlemen. Well said, gentlemen. I can't take this any further just because I got nothing else I can say. You know, um, <laughs> Merry say, Christmas, say Happy New Year to everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. If that's your jam, I don't know. Um, or Festivus. And Festivus. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of problems with you. I, I always love that. The, uh, the area of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, <laughs> so from uh all of us at the spinner lit to all of you all 16 listeners oh it's 18 all 18 listeners dozens and dozens <laughs> of spinner is lit fans there you go we'll see you in 2024 play pinball keep, keep america, america strong, strong.